you know, maybe life isn't so bad when you have a dog that, you know, look how cute the fucking dog is. Is the dog healthy now? The last time we spoke, you had to go back, the storm. Are, are we okay with the dog? I mean, the dog looks more sad than we do right now. I don't hear your mic, though. The dog's taking the mic. <laughs> I, I was muted. That uh, that dog with the eye problem is his sister, but oh. uh, they're litter mates. Um, he is just so dejected by this Packer, by the Packers loss, and now this loss. And then Dan, once you informed him that they've lost twelve games in a row and given up twenty five points in each game, oh, and that's the record. Look, and, look record and think about it, the NFL's been around over a hundred years. So this is like the worst stretch for any team in the history of the National Football League ever. He's been alive since 2000. He was born in 2011. Look at him. He's only got two playoff appearances in his entire life. At least he missed the championship game in 2010. Yeah. See, to see him wink when he said that. Yeah, he said <laughs> Thank God he wouldn't be here today if he had to witness that. Exactly. Look, look at the look on his face. He's like, you're the same fucking, way. You're not fucking kidding, man. Look, you can't. He's like, he's looking away. He's just as, as dejected about this as we are. Man. Yeah. Sometimes I make that face if I if I've come too quickly and I know the woman's not happy with me. <laughs> Is that what happens to you, too? <laughs> no, sorry. I, I don't think they care about the girl orgasm. He, he totally responded to you, like, because he can hear my headphones. He totally responded to you, man. I'd like to have that. I tell you, I try to have that effect on people, you know, good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, we have plenty of sorrows to drain. And you can tell by the look on his face, so does he. But he doesn't want to sit. Well, he would sit in my lap the whole show because he's such a good boy. But let's kick this shit off, bro. I'm flying this solo tonight, so I got to get the... I didn't have the opener ready. Here we go. Let's kick this shit off. Bears country. Where is it? Is that what BCP? Is that what BCP? You know with 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 BCP? You uh, was kind enough to offer me a ticket to the game, and it was it was just as hot as uh, uh, broadcast. I mean, they were talking about it on the game. I rewatched it today. Uh, it was that hot. It was the hottest game I've ever been to. The humidity. It was funny because the night before on the uh, Weather Channel, they were saying that, oh, this Gulf Stream is coming in. And it's going to be pushing all this humidity to Tampa. And we're like, oh, no. So, yeah, it was it was a hot game. The, 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 the point is that we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It was great to meet Cliff in person for the first time. 
and um, got some excellent food cooked by him. He's a great cook. He's a great host as well. He did an amazing job. And um, my sorry ass ended up uh, passed out drunk on the floor of one of his buddy's rooms <laughs> after that game because I couldn't fucking handle the loss. Yeah. It's not just a loss. It truly isn't. And it's not just, oh, it's 0-2 because we've been here hundreds of times, I think, as Bear fans for a long time now. It's just because we know. We know now. Like, again, I've got four Fields jerseys. I wanted him to be the guy. You say, oh, Dan, it's only been two games. We know, man. When there's, like... (laughs) 10 sequences throughout the game where you look and you're like, oh, that guy's open. That guy's open. That guy's open. Well, what's he going to do? He's going to step up and take a sack. He get he's sacked six times. At least four of them were because of himself. Now, I'm not saying the line's any good because Cody Whitehair is as bad as I thought he was going to be. Uh, I don't know about Lucas Patrick yet. Braxton Jones really struggling so far this year. Darnell Wright looks like he's going to be okay, but he's still a rookie in his first two games. And 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 we, who the fuck knows what's up with Nate Davis? I mean, he's probably going to end up cut before the. I know somebody died, but Jesus Christ, our our offense has died. Um, but point is, with Justin Fields, it feels like now that it's obvious he's not the guy. He's shown no progress, and it breaks my fucking heart because I believed in this kid. And I still want him to play. But if you told me against Denver that the Bajant kids started, I couldn't argue. I hope they don't start him against Kansas City. That wouldn't be fair to him to go play the defending champions on the road. And I still hope Fields can somehow pull something out of his ass on Sunday. But it just, even if he wins a couple games, and Dan, I'm telling you, the team that we just saw, I was at week one, you were at week two. I don't think they're going to win a game. The way they're playing, I could see them not winning a fucking game all season. I'm not kidding. So even if they steal one, I am afraid this is the end of the road for Justin. Sadly, I feel like you're correct because even Greg Gabriel said it earlier, as um, Laz pointed out here, Greg Gabriel said he's done with him. He flat out said he's done with him. He's done with he would be looking. He'd be looking to trade him today and and says Bajan needs to start per se or or just uh to see what he's got and i've talked to i've said this a lot everybody knows this like uh, tyson bajant the things I, i know it's a preseason game i know it's a udfa blah 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 but the things that you see that you need in a quarterback he was showing you off the bat and he, it wasn't too big for him. He, he said it himself on a podcast. He played in so many games in college that the first time he stepped on the field, you know, to, to play that game one, it wasn't uh, for the Bears. It wasn't – it was natural to him. <clears throat> and the kid – the ball comes out of his hand quick. The footwork goes in timing with the – as soon as he plants, the ball comes out. You saw him changing plays at the line of scrimmage during the, the games, you know, as, as a young rookie like that, like he knew what he was doing. And there wasn't that hesitation. You know, I mean, there's even like, you know, clips that people have put on Twitter of Justin Fields in training camp, just running like 
receiver drills where, you know, there's nobody guarding him. There's nobody guarding the receiver. They're just running routes and he's just throwing. And he does the same thing where he gets where he's, he drops back and he gets, he gets ready to, he like cocks the ball to throw it. And then he hesitate. Why, why are you hesitating in practice when the guy is just running across the middle? He's just doing like a, a flag ride ac across the middle. And he, he, yet he goes like this and then he goes to throw it and he pulls and then, and then he, then he throws it. So you're seeing that happen all, over and over again in every game. Yes, the kid is accurate. Yes, the kid is a spectacular athlete. But if you can't rid of, get rid of the fucking ball quick enough on timing with rhythm, then you're not going to succeed in the NFL. If you're if you're not seeing the field well enough to know and have confidence in, in the route of the receiver and your ability to get the ball and throw them open, then you're not going to succeed in the NFL, no matter what kind of athletic skills you have. And so that's why if, if, if you could just take Bajan's release and his footwork and timing and release and just add it to Justin Fields, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I don't think he's going to get there because I think that windup is too long. Go ahead. I'm done talking. No, I, I can't. I don't know. I haven't seen Bajan's warm up or his, anything. I This isn't about Bajan for me. It's just it's almost like I'm mourning a death with Fields. Right, because I really believed in him, right. and he just he doesn't have it. I mean, if they can really just take away the run as effort effort effortlessly as just you know, like, well, you can't run now because we got people on the outside. I'm sure the defense has tried that last year. It just feels like Justin is not trying to run. Maybe they've coached that out of him, but right. he just he can't hit anybody that's open. I don't know if he's afraid to make a mistake. Uh, and, and then that pick six on the screen, I get it's the play calling, the screen. It's just terrible play calling. But, man, I mean, you got Tongan from Green Bay who's caught like 100 passes the last two years. I don't think he's got a catch for us yet. Mooney didn't have a target the other day. DJ Moore had what? He had about 100 yards, uh, but it just felt like 104. You could, you could throw it more to him, too. And then Claypool finally caught a touchdown. But it's just like everything is so hard, like just to complete a fucking pass. And it, man, like I said, the thing is, I believed in the guy and I'm still rooting for the guy. But the narrative is out there. When you've got Alex Brown on the Bears postgame show and on Comcast Sports Chicago saying that this is his last year with the Bears, that's the narrative. I didn't create that narrative. Right. That's what people think. That's what uh, I can tell you from being at Soldier Field in week one that the loudest ovation of any player that came out in the pregame was for Justin Fields. But by the third quarter, everyone around me was saying, you've got to put him on the bench. He doesn't have it. And so, and in some other words, I mean, Jay Bonds could back that up for me. Uh, I mean, it's just like he was being booed by the third quarter by, and by the fourth quarter, the stadium was taken over by Packer fans. It was disgusting, Dan. Like the, the go, I don't know if you heard it on TV, but go pack go was the whole fourth quarter. And then when we're leaving, you know how you come into Soldier Field, there's always somebody like beating a drum and they want you to give them money. He was beating the drum like in rhythm so that the Packer fans kept saying go pack go as we're leaving the stadium too. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, it was like I wrote a script for a nightmare. They couldn't have gone. It's like everything that could have, if I just said, this is the worst case scenario for week one, that's what happened. Everything. And then they followed it up with that shit show yesterday.
Yep. So I, like I said, before we turn on mics on last year, when you and I did the, the one, the broad, the uh, podcast after we lost to green Bay in week two, we both admitted we didn't want to be there, but we got <laughs> through it and we were professionals. And I think that's what we were saying tonight. Like, dude, I'm here for you. I'm just here for you. Cause I'm, I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, Cause I was traveling last Monday. It was stuck at O'Hare. Uh, the flight was late for like two hours. It was horrible. So I'm just here for you, man. Cause like, I don't want to even talk about the bears at this point. And I got, I got Aldo on deck tomorrow night. Like, I don't even know what I want to say. What What is there to say? It's going to be a long fucking year. That's what we got to say. I, you know, I felt the same way. I, uh, right before, you know, all day long, I'm like, how do I tell Dan I don't want to do this show tonight? You know, because I'm here, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm here for you too, bro. You know, you know what I'm saying? So we're both here just to help each other out with our own, uh, just, um, the, the misery. We both, <laughs> take everybody takes it so personally and when you're a fan like we are you know and you and i take it very personally when we are now losing now we're the laughing sock of the league we have the most losses and fuck if don, where's don burr so i can agree with you okay we fucking suck don burr you're right but we can at least we always try to start the season with some hope hoping that that knows how I took the eleven the the eleven and six prediction is now gone from the top of the screen, because it's out the fucking window now. I'm I'm it's to you. I, I Fifteen now. <laughs> I don't think we can. It feels like we can't win another game. It's, it feels like I we really think that. I like mean, they've lost twelve in a row. The defense is. I know everyone's like, ah, they gave us a chance to win. <sighs> okay, they still gave up. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess the seven wasn't on them, so they gave up at least twenty in theory. And it's just like, how many times can there be a third down in like 15 and they can't get off the field? How many times can the defense hit little Baker Mayfield, who's got to be like 5'8", and suddenly is just bouncing off people like it's a video game all day and yeah. still making uh, great throws. I don't want to take anything from Baker. He's making throws uh, side-armed when he's about to go down. He's extending drives. He's doing everything we want fields to do because the truth is, yesterday baker mayfield looked like a hundred to one over justin at quarterback and i know that i'll get eaten alive for saying that someone will probably say i'm racist for saying that or some bullshit i love justin fields and it has nothing to do my criticism of him has nothing to do with the fact that he happens to be black that's, that's bullshit but i know that there are right. some people out there that that are painting people as that if they criticize justin now which is mm -hmm. unfortunate Man, let's let's get to the chat, guys. Just to acknowledge you, Ravi. What's up, Laz? Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. PZ Leo Factor. What's up, Leo Factor? Uh, Greg Greg Tierney hopped in here. Mister Mayhem. Evie Bear Down Bear Down Davis. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um. I mean, what else is there to say? Like this team is it's it's a it's 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 a debacle. This this is this kind of sums it all up for for uh oh, that's a background. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to uh damn it, I wanted to show I, I let me let me read up upload this. Thought I had it. I want to show you um last night my this 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 kind of sums it all up. 
I was at the game with Cliff Victoria, and this was the end of my night. <laughs> Sleeping on the floor. <laughs> In, in the one of in his buddy's hotel room. <laughs> Thanks for taking care of me, Curtis. I appreciate you. <laughs> That's what that game did to me. Yeah, uh, brutal, man. It was. But brutal. I, I know you. You probably drank a little bit, even the, in that fucking heat, though, right? I wasn't. We drank before the game, and only had like a beer or two during the game, but then uh, went to the bar, and I swear somebody slipped me a Mickey because. I don't know how all of a sudden I was, I couldn't walk anymore. I like skinned up my elbow. I hope you I weren't date out. raped here. I hope that there wasn't a man, that, a man that took advantage of you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Everything still feels good down there. So it's, it doesn't feel like it's been violated. <laughs> you don't have some unusual ass pain, right? <laughs> oh, no, nothing like that. No. Like, why <laughs> is my mouth so fucking like... Ah, this feels so weird what today. Is in my mouth for yeah, yeah the strange like taste I can't get on my mouth. <laughs> Dehydration, Dan. Thanks, PZ. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't drink in the sunshine like that. Uh, if I drink during the day at all, I go to sleep early. So that yeah, maybe you're like uh, Brisker. Brisker wasn't dehydrated properly either. And now Eddie Jackson's probably going to be on IR. Kyler Gordon's on IR. I mean, God damn it, man. Like, what can go right? Kyler Gordon's on IR? I didn't know that. Yeah, he broke his hand during the Green Bay game. (sighs) Yeah, and then his backup, Blackwell, missed yesterday, too. So, and then when you got both safeties hurt, again, you had three of the five guys in the secondary were just fucking straight off the street. Yeah. Very little NFL experience. Yeah. And somehow Tampa Bay really didn't exploit that too much. In fact, I don't know if you could see it from where your vantage point. I know everyone's saying that Stevenson is playing so terribly, but man, Mike Evans was pushing off of him. It should have been offensive pass interference on some of those big gains. Uh, did you see that? Could you tell that from your vantage point at the stadium? Uh, like there was a sixty-yard. Mike Evans pushed Stevenson almost to the ground on a sixty-yard gain that set up a first and goal. He pushed no. him. Like, uh, even the Fox commentators, uh, Moose Johnston and uh, Davis, I think his name's Joe Davis, they both said, oh, he pushed off. That's a that's an offensive P.I. Not called. Not called. When you're the Bears, nothing gets called, even when it's blatantly on camera. I did not see that. We had we had great seats. We were, on the, uh, we were in the third row, but we were on – I don't even know which, which end zone it was, but we were, like, literally – right on the like looking right at the end zone so we were like Mm. maybe like the goal line or something uh third you know three rows back and it was really hard to see when they were all the way on the other side of the field you know yeah but it was after the bear scored and it was seven to three bears one of the first plays was a 60 yard gain from tampa that set up a first and goal and and i i think a touchdown but that was an offensive PI that should have been called. It was it was horrendous. Uh, so I mean, maybe they did exploit Stevenson, but I mean, hell, when the refs don't call blatant push offs, I mean, it, 
you could be Charles Tillman and and not get and still be exploited if the refs are not going to call offensive pass interference. Right. Yeah. Thousand percent. Leo saying, learn from the mistakes made with Fields and sit your next young QB until you draft the draft. Uh, I'm sorry, and sit your next young QB you draft until the O line is fixed. And that's what my buddy and I were talking about Green Bay and how they're an organization. You know, we, I mean, I, I've, I've only said this to you, like, I don't know how many times, Dan and everybody else, if I, I'm tired to repeat myself, but I laughed my ass off when they drafted Rogers because he was supposed to go one and he fell because he, you know, all these, you know, like a week or two before the draft, it was just coming out that his arm wasn't strong enough, and blah, 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 blah. And I laughed and then look what happened. And then they go and they go and trade up and, and trade uh, draft love. Well, what did they do? They put him on the bench behind love, uh, behind Rogers to sit and watch and and learn from him. And when you see him out there, even in the, in the I haven't watched any of the game. I just saw like one fucking highlight. It's all it took one highlight from the, the Falcons game yesterday where Jordan love looks if you put a 12 on him he he looks like rogers he's thrown six touchdowns in two games but thankfully they're one and one somehow they lost yesterday i don't know how it was but just his mechanics are identical and if you have a, a, a hall of fame quarterback like that that you can even like even look at the um you know uh Matt, uh, Matt Castle, is that his name from from New England, who they traded for when they went eleven and five, and uh, Brady yeah. blew out his knee, and they got a bunch of picks. They got a, you know picks for him. You know, people thought he was going to be good, and he he was decent here and there. He has beaten some people. You know, Garoppolo made a living off of being uh, studying behind Brady, and now you have Jordan Love, who really seems to have taken it to heart because he looks. The way the way that he just throws the ball, everything he does mechanically looks like looks like Aaron Rodgers. So when you have someone like that, here I here we all kind of were like laughing or hoping that Roger, or, uh, you know, thinking that Love was not going to be. And he well, still I might never said I never said that. Let me point that out because I kept telling everybody, "Whoa, I'm not making fun of that kid at all." Right, right. I, I don't want a third. Uh, we've already had thirty years between Favre and Rodgers. Well, yeah. I get her ass kicked. I never made fun of love. But you could never you you would never expect it to happen though, right? Is my point. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't think it's it's not it's three in a row. But when when he's been watching and studying Rogers as long as he has and he and it shows on the field, yes, I agree with what you're saying here, Leo, that but the point to that is, is we don't have anybody for him to sit back and learn from. So if Justin Fields could have legitimately set back and watched from Aaron Rodgers for three years and learned from him in practice, theoretically, he he might be able to get rid of the ball better and, and quicker, I should say. And he, he might have studied his game. He might not. He might have wanted to still do his own thing. But, yeah, there's something to be said for sitting your quarterback for a few years. And that's what Green Bay always does. And here they are doing it again. And it's, like you said, He's already got six touchdowns. They're one and one, but if he keeps playing like that. A, a comment that I made, if I can shift gears momentarily, it was like two plus hours into working with Aldo last week. And I was like, man, can you imagine 
how bad the Bears must have been against Green Bay for us to not mention that Rodgers was out for the season until like two and a half hours into the show. Any other year, that's like our top story. Rodgers is out for the year. God damn it, we're happy about that. And Rodgers, you know, tears his Achilles tendon like four plays into the season. We don't talk about for two hours. Why? Because the Bears were so dreadful and putrid against the Packers, and they followed that up, obviously, yesterday. But, mm-hmm. man, they, that's how bad the Bears have been. Like, Rodgers' injury is kind of like, eh, you know, it's not really that big of a deal because, you know, we, we're fucking terrible. We fucking suck. Isn't that how you feel? Yeah. Like, uh, we, we, I, ha- I had this line. I had the whole, the whole thing in my head, and I forgot what I was going to say. I was trying to remember for the show. Uh, something along the lines of um, we have, uh, we're, we're always, like, trying to, like, every year is a new, right? And we always assume that because we're 0 and 0 and it's a new season and we have the draft, we have the the signings that we have, the people that we let go and replaced hopefully with better talent. Like we're always we're always hopeful every year that it's going to turn the page and we are going to not be the typical bears again. And then we get right back into it and here we are. It's like getting fooled again. Yeah, this feels like 2022 still. Like, it feels like it's like week 19 and week 20 of last year. I mean, they've got all these upgrades across the board with so many positions and players and such, but it feels like the, it, we're stuck in the like the like a twilight zone of like you're 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 the 2022 Bears. And you thought 2022 was bad when they were trying to lose, like to get that first pick in the draft, which is you know not commendable at all, but that's what happened, clearly. And then now, like it's just it's the same thing. Think about this: Eberflus was two and one, two and one as a head coach in his first three games. He's won Definitely. one game since. He had, the Bears have not won a game in almost a full calendar year. It was like I, I'm born on Halloween. It was right before my birthday, like the 24th, like a week before my birthday when they beat the Patriots, and that's the last time they've won a game. It's almost been a full fucking year. Yeah. Yeah. And if I were, if I worked for Vegas, I mean, come on, man. Like Kansas City, they should be favored by 20 against us. And then you're going to have Matt Nagy wanting to get revenge because, oh, they made fun of my bald fucking head. And, you know, they were taunting my kids in school and everybody telling them that my dad, my, my dad, uh, he can't coach, which he couldn't. So they're going to try to blow us out and they're going to. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to take out all their aggression on the the shitty start of the season on us. We know it's coming. I mean, it was already a loss and and, and all of our books pretty much anyways. So now we're going to be 0-3, right? More than likely. And then, but if we win this game by 10, then it's like, oh, we're going back up the roller coaster. Click, 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 you know? I'll be back at Soldier Field. For the Denver game. And, you know, if you're 0-3, I mean, seriously, do you start Bajant against Denver? I, I Listen, I'm for, I'm all for starting Bajant whenever anyone wants to. I, I Listen, I, if, if the coaching staff knows by now, right, they know. 
because they clearly are not running plays that they want to run because just they don't think he can do it. They don't have the faith in him to do it, right? So that's why we're seeing this. The first game was just, what the fuck is this play calling? This game was kind of similar to that. They kind of tried to go to DJ Moore, but if, but if they were really trying to like play to his strengths and they knew that they could do it, they'd be trying to run more of a spread offense like he ran in college. And because they have the receiver, at least one of them now they can do it with. And they would at least try to uh, play more of those plays for, or put more of those plays into the game for him. But some there's some disconnect going on that they are not calling the plays that we think that they should be calling. And so everyone's calling you know, for Luke Getze's head now as well, too. And if I could comment on that quickly, I, I, I can't believe we've gone back to the Matt Nagy offense is what it seems like. They're in the shotgun every play, every fucking play. And it feels like to me, again, I'm no expert. It feels like to me, if you want to be better with the offense, then you put blazing game, whatever the fucking fullback's name is, 35, you put him in there. And whichever back you want to run the ball and put fields behind center. And then maybe you do play actions, you do waggles, bootlegs. But it feels like if you had an offense last year that set, you know, that was the most prolific running offense since like 1984 last season for the Bears. And then you follow that up with what? Backs getting four carries a game. And you got Justin in the shotgun every play when his strength is not to be a pocket passer. It's like, damn, man, that's the thing with Nagy. You, you, they can't take advantage of the, the players that they have. They just, they see their system as paramount. So even if their system doesn't fit their personnel, they just, they're going to force it on you anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if, yeah. if you figure that fields isn't this or that, then it's your job as a coach to get the most out of him with his strengths. But they just don't do that. How about run the goddamn ball? And you can do that with Justin. You can do that with your backs. And then set up. And, and the run can set up your open receivers, although we're worried Justin may not be able to hit them. But if he's on the run, he seems so much better. Yeah. And when he's on the run, the ball comes out quicker. I go figure. Like, you think they'd be trying to coach the, hey, you know how you throw the ball when you're running to your right or left and how it just comes out of your hand twice as fast? Yeah. Can you try to work on that while you're in the pocket kind of a thing? But it's, you know, it's it's like a combination. It's it, it's a coaching thing going along with the player is not the, – the two are – clearly they're not working together. I mean, they might be trying, but they're not the, – the results are not adherent, at least for, you know – at this moment he did get hot later on in the season last year although we didn't win much but it could just be that he's still warming up up but well that's why uh, you shouldn't have just uh, shit the preseason away which i've complained about ad nauseum when you just act like the preseason is like expendable and it just doesn't matter anymore that's that's the one thing i would say if i if i were a coach which i would never be I would try to be like old school in the sense that like when Ditka's coach, they want week one, they want to be ready. And you come out on, on all cylinders and ready to play. And 
And now it's like you just try to find your way the first couple of weeks because we don't try in the preseason. What's the preseason for? Exactly. Like we're using it as extra preseason games. Ah, we can we can afford a loss or two. No, you can't. I mean, just to just to finish my point of what I was saying was. Uh, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. That uh, if if it gets to to a point where we just it's not happening and we're not winning a game with Justin Fields. There has to be a point that you are you have to pull the plug and put him in simply to see what you have because if you don't have to draft a quarterback next year, you have two first first round picks that you can use to bolster your team in other ways. And if you can if you can put Bajent out there and and he starts to like move the ball like we like we're all like everyone that's like myself that is excited about what we saw from him, if he can do that in a regular game, you know, in the season when we're playing a big opponent, I'm like, I think even Greg Gabriel said, if I could put him out there for the, the chiefs, see what he has, put him in a big game. Like, let, let's see what he has, because if he wins, like, let's just say they did that and they won, let's say they won by 10 points. Wow. What would happen? Right. You, everyone would, the momentum would shift now you're going, well, wait, maybe we have something here. And then if he can win us, fuck, we haven't won a game in 12 games. It's always going on. With, we could, four more games, this is, we're, uh, or five more games, we're 17-0 in a season. You know what I mean? So with consecutive losses, I mean by that. So if, if, you, if, you, if you don't have to start over again with a quarterback next year because you don't truly know what you're getting, even though you – you know, Caleb Williams might be the next Peyton Manning, but if you don't, what you don't know, you don't know. If you know that Bajent on your team has this, this, and that, and he can process things and learn things at a rapid rate, put him out there as soon as you can. If you know that this season is lost and, and you as a coaching staff know, well, we have to kind of change our game plan around a little bit because we have to try to focus on the things that work to his strength within the game rather than what we just want to call because we know that's going to work if we can make it succeed. You know what I mean? I do. I, I, in my opinion, we lost yesterday. Again, the defense wasn't good, but I think fields is the reason they lost. I know the screenplay. It was a terrible call. He calls it incessantly, Getsy, but he's still the one that threw the pick six. He's the one that refuses to audible. Maybe they tell him he can't audible. I don't know. But he's still got to see a big defensive fucking end standing right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like he never sees anything. And I, I want him to succeed so, so badly. I, again, I would almost... I mean, I'm almost willing to blow a stranger for him to come out and upset Kansas City Sunday. Like, if he could just have this all-world game that shifts a narrative. Like, that's what I want. I have a, I've been a Bears fan so long now that I've seen this before. Like, I, I, I know where this road leads. It's going to lead to him not being here and the coach not being here. And we're going to have to start over again. And the Bears always have to start over again. And, yeah, and that's what I'm so envious about with Green Bay is that, again, they've had three starting quarterbacks since 1992. 
Right. And the Bears, as we know, during that time have just fuck had a cavalcade. So yeah. we can't get consistency. And we're not getting it with this coaching staff. They're clearly they're in over their heads. Eberflus may be a nice guy. He's not a, a, just a complete and utter fucking disgrace like Matt Nagy, who somehow bullshitted his way into the position. Like this guy knows what he's doing. I just, in terms of being a defensive coordinator, I just don't think his system works anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the cover two is just fucking dead. And I don't know if he, I don't know if he's will if he's good enough to to fire the guys up to be the head coach. I'm sure he'll get a DC job again. Is what I'm trying to say. And he's a he's not a fool like Nagy, but he's not going to succeed with the Bears. He's just not. We've seen it before. So if something can happen that makes us dream again, like, oh, my God, maybe this is the first, and that's a win against Kansas City, I'm all for it. Well, Dan, we've got a, a friend of the show and a friend of yours. Um, Sanja. Who's, who's been winning in the background. He wants to be introduced as the champ. What's up, guys? Can you hear me all? Yeah, hold on a second. I got uh, a technical difficulty here here on my end. Let's see if I can fix that. My guy, Sonny. What's going on, fellas? How's it going? Depressed, man. How about you? I mean, I'm down, down, down in the fucking toilet here. (laughs) Hey, first of all, I have to give a big shout out to my friend, Derek. Uh, He's actually listening to the show. I sent them. Uh, I sent them the YouTube link. So uh, big shout out to him. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's actually been one of the people that got me into football, originally. Oh, nice. Um, so and into uh, fantasy for football, and ever since then we kind of have this joke, uh, inside joke, where we call each other the champ. <laughs> so any chance I get, I try to uh, you know I try to take that title. All right, hold on a second. I'm having some technical difficulties here because I'm trying to arrange my screen and. I need you to be there, but Dan's Dan's is in it. So let me do that. Let me try this. See if that works. Uh, Nope, this one. There we go. go. All right. All right. right. So what's up, champ? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard, but like I said, big shout out to my friend Derek. You know, he's the reason that I got into football, first of all. What's up, Derek? Unfortunately, you know, he didn't talk me into like picking a team other than the Bears. That would have been nice. Uh, so, but yeah, big shout out to him. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, Dan, I'm I'm saying I'm the same with you. Uh, depressed. I don't know if depressed, more of shell shocked. Yeah. Uh, because this this well said. This, well said. This, this isn't just zero and two. I think that entire city would have a different vibe if, if let's say he we're well, but they were zero two. Yeah, we're zero two, but Fields looks competent and looks like he can run an offense, or that you know what I mean. I think we would be a lot more. I don't know if I should use the word forgiving, but it, it would feel different. You know what I mean? At this point, it just feels that our entire foundation is gone. Things that we've been sort of thinking about in you know for the next 15 to 20 years because we've never had a, a quarterback as 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 a talent as raw as Justin Fields and, and and to see to see it to come to this point that we're week two talking about that we're not sure that we're gonna be picking up his fifth year option uh it's just absolutely devastating uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, one of the harshest realities in sports, you know, it's the cruel speed 
you know, in, in which a, a star that we all thought that Justin was, it can dim, you know, and, and, you know, I, the week one performance, week two performance, the, it, I mean, it is a, it's a stark representation of his struggles so far from the rookie year that we've been sort of hoping that he'll build up on that He'll take that next step like Josh Allen once he got, uh, once he got his receiver, uh, like like Jalen when it, once once he got his receiver, you know. But you know, unfortunately, the fields is still missing reads, holding on to the ball, uh, displaying a lack lack of pocket presence. I think that's the most worrying part for me. It's just you know these are not the characteristics of of a franchise quarterback, uh, you know. And and at its a quarterback, it's supposed to be seeing the field. It's about the vision seeing the field, reading defenses, anticipating routes. And to what Greg, Greg, Greg Gabriel said, and a lot of people, is that it's true we haven't been able to see Justin make a lot of those anticipatory throws, you know. And and and, and right now Justin is just missing all over the field. He, you know, the, the offense is playing one tune, but he's playing an entirely different instrument. You know, and, and, and moments, I'm not going to lie, it's devastating to see him because right now, to me, he looks like he he shouldn't even be out there. Like, he is way out of his depth to be in this league. And that's so crazy to me, you know. Um, it, the, the emotional roller coasters has been just nothing but short of, like, tormenting for the, for the, for the Bears. You know, going from, like I said, going from the euphoria of believe, believing that you found a fun, foundational piece for the next two decades to, you know, to gut-wrenching realization that you might be back to square one, you know? Um, one thing that I will add this, you know, in regards to uh, Justin Fields and, and everything, um, look, predictability, you know, pre predictability. I, I, like, I, I just feels like I started watching football yesterday, but I know that if you're predictable in the NFL, that's like one of your worst enemies, you know what I mean? And, and and it's an alarming glimpse in week two when the Bears are running the same screen pass three times consecutively. And, you know, the, the result is a devastating pick six. And then this morning on the way to work, I'm listening to ESPN 1000, Cap and Jay Hood. They have coach Matt Eberflus on the, on the show it's difficult to hear the coach justify the play calling and indicating that, well, the coverage was a cover two beater. To my understanding, the coach was explaining that the Tampa Bay was in cover two, therefore the screen pass works against that defense. Guys, all I'm thinking about is like, what do you think this is? Like Madden 22, that if a defense calls cover two, that it's like those players are programmed you know, to run only certain routes, like it's it, it's 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 worrying when 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 a Tampa Bay player admits. I don't know if you all saw that on, on the Twitter. He admits he's like, "Oh, we all knew what was coming. They ran. They had the exact same formation three times in a row." Meanwhile, your coach is telling you that, "Oh, yeah, I, I think it's you know I'm okay with the play." So you know, if the, if the coaching staff cannot adjust and diversify and and see this, well. I, I don't want to say how can you expect a young quarterback like Justin Fields to succeed, but a lot of this thing sort of to me falls a little bit back back on the coach. Like, how do you have a guy regress so bad? You know what I mean? And like, we can't ignore we can't ignore these things. Like, what are we gonna do? We, even if we if we if we if we uh, draft 
another quarterback tomorrow, Caleb Williams, for example, we just had an, one of the biggest talents in Chicago, and we saw that this coaching staff, instead of helping him take the next step forward, it looks like this dude. So what? It looks, it, it looks like it's almost like this. This is kind of how we expected him to play in year one. Yes. You know. Yes. And I have no faith that even if we draft a new quarterback, that this coaching staff can develop that person. Um, uh, and why would why should why should we? <laughs> you know, I, he was at the beginning of your great rant there, and I mean that no sarcasm, because everything you're saying I agree with, like all of yeah. it. But we're saying it's it feels like it's not just zero and two. It, there's something more sinister to it. <laughs> And I thought in my head, I was like, it's like, again, if it was a Twilight Zone episode, of course, this Twilight Zone wasn't rated R, but if it could, it's like everyone associated with the podcast woke up on Monday and we were all impotent and there was nothing we could do about it. Like all of us had broke dicks and didn't know why we would probably still be happier with impotency than what we feel like right now with this 0-2 start with the with the Bears. We wake up with impotency. We put it, we, we go to Pornhub, right? And we just want to jerk off, but we can't because our dicks don't get hard. <laughs> no pill in the world could could bring your dick back to life. Not any woman's mouth. Nothing. And we wouldn't be as uh, just as brokenhearted as we are right now. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but still, but maybe not by much. Not by much. That's <laughs> how bad this is. It's not just zero and two. The Bears have been zero and two probably twenty times in my lifetime. I don't know. I could figure it out if we really needed to, but that's not the point. As Sonny was saying, it just feels way worse than zero and two because everything that you hoped for, that you potentially believed in, like you have this kid, he's going to be the fucking guy, has been shattered. And not only is it shattered because. He just doesn't have it, it seems. The people that are coaching him clearly don't have it either. So there's no way this is going to be rectified. Yeah, I need Barack Obama to come tell me something about hope. Is it 2008? <laughs> yeah, right. But no, like I said, to me, it, it was difficult to hear your head coach, like I said, flat out justify the, 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 the play calling. Meanwhile, you... If you watch that pick six, the the the, oh. the 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 linebacker for the Tampa Bay, even before Justin threw the ball that got intercepted, he actually made the cut towards the the running back. Like he read the play, like he would have probably stopped it. Even the other guy, you know, intercepted it. Like the the fact that the coach is completely okay with that. Meanwhile, you have the opposing players telling you, like, man, we saw it all day long. Yeah, they had the same formation. And they ran the play three times in a row. Like, and But the coach is okay with that. Like, I'm sorry. How can you not be worried about the future? To me, this is not about Justin Fields. To me, this is about, like, like again, even if we draft someone new, what is this coaching staff? This coaching staff just told you what they're capable of, which is, to me, is nothing. And, again, I'm not – I didn't come here tonight to – I don't know, defend Justin Fields. I think we've we're all immensely let down by the the lack of just pulling the trigger. And I, I know today I was talking to Dan. I just don't understand how this player regressed so much compared to his rookie year where he was dropping dimes on the fucking Lions. Watch watch some of those fucking plays from 
Uh, I'll give against the Raiders where, where he's, he's making some amazing touchdowns. And after the show, you know, when he's given a press conference, he's speaking to it like, oh, well, yeah, I saw the defender had his back turned towards me. That's where I threw the ball. Right now, he's not even pulling the trigger. And it's like, what have you guys coached to him where this dude not only is not pulling the trigger, he's not seeing anything. That And it's like, I don't know, is it the coaching or is it the fact that he just got annihilated his week one, so now he's seeing ghosts, which, again, I have to call out all the Chicago Bears fans, myself included, okay, myself included. Bald-ass Matt Nagy was the – he always hold on. I'm not even going to get into that. That's I have zero thought. That ball ass motherfucker always wanted Justin Fields to sit the entire fucking year. He didn't want him out there because either he knew that the protection wasn't good, either because he knows that he's holding the ball too long, that that, that he's going to get wrecked. I don't know, but obviously, we all were screaming for Justin to be. Oh, well, let the kid play. Andy Dalton sucks. Get him the fuck out of here. We were all screaming that. So we are all in the same boat today, and we have to uh, accept the fact that we also might have led to some of this, him him seeing ghosts after being just uh, like a goddamn ping pong, you know, for his first rookie year and, you know, his second year, uh, just being absolutely beat up. But to me, again, like I just – what's frustrating right now, and I heard you guys talking about Bajan. I agree with Dan that's, that when he said that this coaching hey, staff, we're both Dan's. Okay. <laughs> He's, he, I'm Dan on this show. Well, you call you call me Shorty though, right? Okay, okay, so, call you, okay so to Shorty, I'm Shorty. That's Dan. But uh, <laughs> other than that, he's the other Dan. Okay, so I, I'll call him the other Dan. I'll call you Dan. All right. So the, the Shorty Dan. Uh, you know when you when you when you mentioned earlier about the coaching staff knows with the Bajan. Uh, I, I, I want finally someone to then in that front office to have some fucking balls like like the 49ers have where they where they give up a fucking a boat to move up and draft Trey Lance only to I don't know I'm I'm assuming they realized something during these past three years seeing him in practice that like oh uh, yeah you know what this kid the, this kid ain't it like talk about the fucking balls man to trade him to the fucking to the Cowboys, all those picks. To, would to we ever fucking have? We would not. We like the, our franchise don't do that shit because like right. we don't have. I, I guess we don't have the fucking staff that's brave enough to do that. And and it's like to me where I'm at right now, it's like okay, if I'm the, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I wish there was someone with some fucking balls in that front office. If you know that Justin ain't the guy because he's been shattered and destroyed, then fucking pull the fucking plug and then put Beijing in if that's the case. You know what I mean? But but I, I don't want to be in this middle ground because we've been there through these past years. It's not working out. And, and another thing that is, I don't think there's anyone in this organization that has the balls to make these major changes. I'm sorry. Pulse to me is no fucking better than Ryan Pace. I'm saying it right fucking now. All He's right, that's enough. You're out of here. So what were you saying? <laughs> hey, you know, one thing I wanted to comment on what uh, Sonny said was about, he was like, we all deserve a little bit of the blame because like we were cheering for him and saying, fuck Andy Dalton. Well, that's, we did that with Trubisky. We were like, fuck Mike Glennon, put, mm-hmm. put the kid in. So yeah, we, we did that with both of them. Maybe they yes. were both rushed. I don't yes. know. 
yeah, I don't know. And like, you know, clearly the kid now, the kid is shattered. Like we, one thing that's always been coming out of the 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 the, the media is that you know, Fields is built. You know, he's built for this. Well, we'll see. But right now, it don't look like he's built for it. All right. Um, but my point is this: like uh, Ryan Poles to me is no different than Pace. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Chase Claypool right now looks like a goddamn miss. We have to go and try to grab DJ Moore for Chase Claypool. To me, that's a miss. Uh, we're just in an area where we're starting to make the same moves as we did with Ryan Pace, where we are not drafting good. And to fix those drafts, well, we have to make free agent signings. Uh, you know, uh, we had one of the biggest ca uh, salary uh, cap space salary of, of all the 32 teams for the season. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem. It just doesn't seem that this team. Uh, has been put well together to me. Uh, now, and again, I, I'm very nervous of the way the polls is making moves. I, I see him missing on, on Chase Claypool, uh, and and and, and uh, I, I'm nervous going going to the future. Like I said, I, I wish someone there was a person there that had some fucking balls that'll make a decision instead of being in this limbo right now and, and, and going back to these screenplays. Like if you don't trust your fucking quarterback. That, that, that he can't do what you need him to then what the fuck are we doing man like i said man then pull the fucking plug what the fuck are we doing i don't know man i don't know it's it's everyone here had we all have our own uh it's, you know you in the beginning you know from day one sanjin like you're you were in love with fields just like i was and you know dan bought a jersey hell i, I didn't even do that yet Four of them. Four. 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 My entire family has, has a field jersey, man. Yeah. Have the navy one, the white one, the throwback white one, and the orange one. Yep. And that's why I don't buy jerseys. I wait until I know they're <laughs> like I'll buy Devin Hester now. <laughs> but it's it's just as Bears fans, we're just here again in the same fucking groundhog day loop now now to, i heard you guys talking about jordan love earlier um i was one of the fans that was uh i know dan dan aguire said like ah i wasn't talking shit and he's right he was not ever talking shit i was one of the fans that was always talking shit but i was always talking shit and i will still stick to it to this day even derek's probably listened to it and he's gonna remember this um Jordan Love will never be Aaron Rodgers level. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not saying that he's a fucking bust either. I think he's going to be a very competent quarterback in this league. But I don't think he's going to be that difference maker. As a matter of fact, when I've watched, yes, he has three touchdowns or six touchdowns in these two, two weeks. But you can tell that they're doing things that they're putting him in a position where they're not asking, they're not asking him, hey, put us in the position. No, it's the other way around. They're putting him in a third and two. They're putting him in, in way more better positions and asking him to do certain things that he's comfortable with when it's short yardage than, I don't know, third and 15. Now, I know that Jordan Love also can convert on longer, but my point is, like, I just don't see him. I've seen some of the, the, the throws that he's made. He just doesn't strike me like Aaron Rodgers. But it doesn't mean that you can't win with that guy if you surround him with the right players and you have the right system for him. And if they do that, yeah, I think they'll be fine. But I don't think that he's that elite player that 
we all know that that is the foundation at the end of the day. If, if you want to have some type of a quote unquote dynasty, you have to have an extremely competent quarterback uh, that will be able to take you through 10 years. And that's, I think that's what we want. And that's why this feels so bad is because we feel, felt that we've gotten that rough diamond with Justin Fields. Jay mm-hmm. Sanders saying Harbaugh is the guy we with the with the balls we needed. Is it the coaching staff? Yeah. Harbaugh, I mean, his hero, despite being eviscerated in the Metro, Metrodome in 1992, his hero is Mike Ditka. Yeah. I mean, he has a picture of Ditka hanging up the one that's on the meme that says, I just came here to say fuck the Packers where Ditka's got his middle finger up. Harbaugh has a big picture of that hanging on his wall of Ditka yeah. with the middle finger. That's his fucking hero, man. I mean, that's the attitude. And and that, you know, Dan Campbell says crazy shit up in Detroit about biting people's ankles and drowning people and stuff, but he's there, Mike Ditka. He's got that attitude to where he can inspire people. We we hire Matt Nagy and, you know, Trestman and, 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 and Eberflus. These guys can't motivate elderly people at a church i mean they just have no energy or presence about them and then john fox too just uh-huh. sitting there with his, his gravel voice although i'm sick right now so that's why mine sounds so poor but i'm just what the fuck man? yeah i i really think that a guy like harbaugh would be perfect for our organization but i also I think the management was so jealous michael mccaskey was so jealous of mike yeah, Ditka being such a star beyond the bears, you know what I mean? He, on SNL and being on all the commercials and they didn't like that. So they, they, I think they've hired coaches with much more subtlety because they, they didn't like having a coach that was that big of a presence. I think that that's every person they've hired since then is the antithesis of Mike Ditka. I can't disagree with you on that. The, the, the thing that's also on my mind with, with this entire entire saga that's been unfolding for the first two weeks is this entire coaching thing. What do we do next? What do we do What it looks like this? To me right now, if things stay the way they are, I don't see us winning one game. I feel the same way. One Everyone's been saying that I'm being dramatic. I'm worried that they're not going to win a fucking game, and I'm not kidding. And this guy is going to be fired after this year because he sucks, man. He does. So my worry is that what happens if we don't fire Matt Eberflus or or the coaching staff, we draft Caleb Williams, we tank again the year after that. What, now you're going to fire him and now you're going to hire a new coach who's going to tell you, oh, well, Caleb Williams is not really my guy. I wasn't there to draft him. It's like we're always doing the same fucking shit over and over and over again it's like the, the what is it the definition of insanity it's like that's that's fucking us they might as well put fucking bears right there next to it <laughs> bears fans as well because we're the fucking idiots going to the stadiums i mean Jesus. Hey, the last two head the last two or three head coaches were hired by a consultants you know they, they had the the, the McCaskies had to go and get consultants to help them find their 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 head coach for the last couple or two or three of them. That says that enough. Might change, that might change with Kevin Warren now because yes. Ted Phillips was 
so incompetent. Well, you just he was good on the business side, apparently. They're making money, but the Kevin Warren guy seems like he's much more involved with I know right now he's his whole thing is to get us a new stadium, but he seems much more competent on the football side than Ted Phillips. But that's just my intuition. But maybe Kevin Warren and and Poles could hire the next coach because Poles is going to get one more swing at this. Uh, I just think that Eberflus and Justin are both on their way out, and I, I wish that weren't true. I, I hope so. I mean, if we're going to cut the quarterback here, uh, me personally, I, again, me, I don't – just listening to the head coach today justify the play calling, like, are you out of your fucking mind, man? If an opposing fucking defensive player – is like calling out like, yeah, we knew we knew the formation. It was the same play we were waiting for. Like, and you're justifying it? Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, if I was the GM, like that would be a huge fucking red flag. That like you don't know, it doesn't seem that you know what you're you're doing here. And I'm worried that we're going to keep Matt Eberflus. To me, I'm sorry, I'm out on Matt Eberflus, I'm out on his entire coaching staff. I'm sorry. To see fucking fields regress this badly, get the fuck out of here. And then hear you this morning, like I said, justify the fucking play calling. Fuck out of here, man. Like, I would not be fucking wanting Matt Eberflus if I was the GM next season on my team, especially if I'm drafting a quarterback. Yeah, his hits thing is a fucking joke, too. All the last season, they held no one accountable for loafing and all that stuff. Aldo and I talked about that before. But it's like now you're supposed to play. But last year we were trying to lose guys, so now it's in effect. Yeah, it's a it's it's a double standard, and, and I, who could play for that guy? I saw someone say something about Ditka, though. It's like, um, he didn't just burn out. Like he was with us for eleven years and made the playoffs seven of those eleven years and won a Super Bowl. So, just saying. And Dan, Dan Aguirre, sorry, the other Dan. <laughs> we we were at that last game uh, where we where, where we met against right, the, the Minnesota game, right? Yes, and I remember us fucking talking at halftime. We clearly tell the fucking the Bears are trying to lose this game, and it's like like that's the fucking culture in Chicago. Let's fucking lose. That's the culture in Chicago. And 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 to me, I would say, well, goddamn, it starts with the fucking GM and the, the McCaskies and, and fucking everybody. How the fuck can you win and have a fucking dynasty or, or a winning culture when you're fucking like, like that's a, like, oh, like you said, like that was last year, but today we're winners. Like you don't fucking work like that, man. Right. It does in our minds as as Bears fans until everything starts to play out and we're zero and three. Because we, we might as well just put the loss down right now. <laughs> We're all three guys. <laughs> I said this on Twitter. I'll be interested to know you two uh, gentlemen's uh, opinions. I uh, now I know Sonny, you, you weren't, weren't watching in the late '90s, but I'll ask. I'll still ask both of you anyway. The, I said on Twitter or X yesterday that I haven't felt this low about the Bears. And I'll preface this: they were four and twelve in 2002, lost eight in a row. Uh, they were three and thirteen with Fox in 2016. Then there was Caleb Haney in 2011, just shitting the rest of the season away. So there have been low low points. 2014, the the end of the Tressman era. But I said yesterday that I haven't felt this low, this negative about the Bears since 1998, when Kramer got hurt and it was like, all right, we're playing Steve Stenstrom the rest of the season. I was like, God, this guy is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. 
and we won't win a game with him. I think they went like one and seven with him. But that this is the lowest point I have felt as a Bears fan since 1998. So I'm just curious if either one of you could give your opinion on that. Dan, you want to go first or you want me to go? I wasn't listening to the question because I was typing for chat. What was the question again? <laughs> All right. Well, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I got to tell you my spill again. I was saying that there have been a lot of low moments as Bear fans, and I went through a couple of them. Yes. Uh, three and 13 with Fox in 2016, four and 12, losing eight in a row in 2002. But I said this was the lowest point that I have felt as a Bears fan without hope and thinking there's just nothing that can change this. Since 1998, when Kramer got hurt and we're like, we're playing Steve Stenstrom the rest of the season. I was like, God, we won't win a game with this fucking guy. He's terrible. And I think they went like one and seven with him. So my point, my question was, I said, this is the lowest I have felt as a Bears fan since 1998. And I was asking you to say what your instinct says to you. When is the last time you felt this low where you're like, God, there's no hope? 2010. When they lost the championship game to the Packers. When they lost to the Packers last week, that was just as devastating to me because that felt like we never got to talk about that because you were traveling back home from going to the game. And um, that game, you know, when the Packers, uh, they went, they went to Rodgers and, you know, okay, now the guy I laughed at that they drafted is finally taking over this team. They can go back to sucking. And they get, you know, we let him into the playoffs at the final game. And even though we did, we did try not to let him in, but we, because they played the starters most of that game yep. and they yep. still beat us. And then we fucking lose to the Packers in the championship game uh, with Cutler playing well. It looks like everything is going well. And then he just doesn't come out the second half. And we're like, what? Nobody even knew there was an injury. That loss to me was, I, I, I think, I feel like something short-circuited in my brain, in my Bears fandom in my brain, because I totally, totally stopped caring about football. I, I barely even watched it. This is for the first time in my life. I didn't watch that Super Bowl. I've never watched. That's the only Super Bowl I've missed since I was like 10. Didn't give a fuck. The next season, I, I could give two fucks. It was on the TV. But I wasn't watching it. I was doing other things, and I'd be like, oh, of course they're down 10 points to the Packers again, or, you know, whatever it was. That was my low point. And then when they lost to the Packers again this year with Jordan Love taking over, and it feels like that same moment when Farr finally fucked off, and then we, we get Rodgers, now we can start winning again, and it didn't happen, and then now we have a new ownership, apparently. I, I, this loss feels like it just the ownership just transferred to the Packers. That loss to the Packers deflated me that much. I feel like the this is the second worst loss to me in my lifetime. That Packers game, next to that championship game. None. Of, now, I, I want to hear Sonny's comment, but none. Of, even that championship game or that one that I was at opening day. To me, the worst one was Week Seventeen, two thousand thirteen. When we had to win and get into the playoffs, and we had them at like fourth and 12, the last play of the game, like 30 seconds left in the game, just one stop, just one stop. The Rodgers had like three, four, fourth downs. He converted all of them. So we need one stop, and we're going to the playoffs, and Cutler's finally beating Aaron Rodgers. 
And wouldn't you know it, Randall Cobb's wide open in the end zone because our safety doesn't know how to play fucking football and Chris Conti. Uh, that was my le- that was my low point in the Bears Packers rivalry. But still, I, I I felt hopeful. Like I felt like next year when we lost the championship game, next year will be our year. And they started seven and three, and it looked like it was going to be our year. And then Cutler breaks his thumb. So for me, ninety eight was the low point. So. What, what do you think, Sonny? Breaks his thumb uh, after tackling an inter- uh, a guy he threw an interception to against the Chargers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, just add, you know, that my friend Derek texted me while you guys were talking. He actually agrees. He, he feels the Kramer area was the worst. Mind you, he's a Titans fan, but he also, since he's in the area, he, he kind of follows the Bears. But he also felt that uh, – the Cordell Stewart time uh, also comes to his mind. Now, for me, pers- for me personally, I know um, for me, it's going to be that 2019 season, uh, week one. I think we lost 10 to, three, 10 to 3. You're going to the Super Bowl, baby. Going back to the Super Bowl. Right. To me, that was were, uh, it's very similar to now uh, because I felt like we, well, we were really tricked because like, it felt like we were good. <laughs> good, You know, 2018, he, he ended on a goddamn kick, you know, Cody Parkey. You know, after Mitch just, it seemed like something clicked for Mitch. He, he made that excellent fucking drop back throw to fucking Allen Robinson. It felt like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe something like Mitch, that motherfucker then misses the, the field goal. So 2019 felt like, like this is going to be our year. It seems that we have competent coaching. The coaching is good. Looks like the quarterback is going to take that next step. Like we're in good hands. So to me, that 2019 was, you know, hugely disappointing. Uh, yes. Look, looking at it now, you know, the week one loss to Green Bay, um, more of anger than of disappointment, more of like anger and shell shock. Uh, you know, especially watching that, I haven't gotten a chance to watch week two, the, the QB school. But, like, watching the week one breakdown, I mean, one play was bad offensive line. Next play was bad Justin Fields. Next play was bad play calling. So it was just uh, you couldn't really tell. But, you know, week two, and, it, and it's a problem when you, when, you, when you hear people pretty much agree all across the board, people that have played the game, people that have coached the game, when they say, Week two, they lost because of Justin Fields, and I would have to agree with them. Um, that that that's hard, that's devastating, but it still didn't feel as bad as that 2019 thing to me. Uh, uh, again, this is more like a shell, it's still a little bit of a shell shock. Um, but 2019 is for me, you know. Wow, okay, that's I like that. I like that thought process as a Bears fan. The 2019 season did seem because remember that was the hundred year. Yes, season? that was the we were going to go to the Super Bowl. That's yeah. what they all. They, they, I mean, that was they, they were selling us that that shit too. The Bears 100. Oh, all that shit. Yep. The NFL fucking flexed the goddamn game to Thursday for Bears Packers NFL opener. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? For the first time, it wasn't the defending Super Bowl champ. It was mm-hmm. the fucking Bears Packers. Only for us to go and lay a fucking dud. Hey, man, <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, it's awful, man. Retro, thank you for your $2 super chat. Trubisky better than Fields, both not good enough, though. <laughs> oh, that's a bold statement. Uh, and I saw earlier someone made a comment. I just want to say, like, I, I 100% agree with them when they mentioned, like, 
the preseason this year. Uh, It makes you wonder if they didn't want the preseason because they didn't want to get exposed. And even in that one week one, with you know, remember when Fields went three for three and I think a touchdown? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I have to be right. I have to go help my wife give my dog an eye drop. I will, I will be right back. Yeah, no worries, man. Um, but it makes you think if the pre, that pre preseason one when when Fields went three for three a touchdown that was it's looking at it now. Obviously, we're only two weeks in. Looking at it now, man, what a what a, what a joke that was in an essence because that ends up being one of the key key cores of our play calling. It seems for week one and week two. Those stupid wide wide receiver screens. Yep. And, and and it's just so crazy that that the first preseason game that that shit works and it's three for three three for three hundred and something yards for Fields all a fucking touchdown. I don't even know, but it was some some crazy shit. Like goddamn Bears are gonna have like an explosive offense. Only to see them not really you know play that well uh, in the preseason game three to see them then get pulled. It, it just reminds you of that same bullshit with Matt Nagy not wanting to be out there. We don't need preseason games. It's like I they either know that they're bad, so they're trying to shield them right away. I, I just don't understand the concept behind not wanting to play these starters in the preseason game when they clearly fucking need it. No, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but – the Nagy thing, I, I said this earlier, I don't know if you were here, but it's worth reiterating, though. How do you go from the team last year who led the league in rushing and was the most prolific Bears rushing team since 1984 to the last two weeks, they look like they're playing Nagy's offense. She, Fields is in the shotgun every play. Yeah. And and they're passing every play. It looks like Matt Nagy's calling the plays. Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, Matt Nagy calling the plays again because they're, they're just not running the ball. I mean, it reminds me uh, – I, I forgot which who said it. I, I, I don't know if it was either Adam Hoge. I can't remember. But but the point kind of was like if you had pay, if you had uh, Walter Payton, so Chicago would never know that they have another Walter Payton because they never run the fucking ball. So it just feels like, again, we're right back to the same shit, man. And that's why it's so worrying to see this coaching staff. That's why I'm hoping and begging the, 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 the new guy, Warren, or even like Poles. Maybe he is a bit different in the pace. Pull the fucking plug, man. You know what I mean? Like, do something, man. Like, like don't be the same fucking shit. I'm afraid that it behooves them to lose. Because they'll be thinking, all right, we're going to have two really top five picks now if we keep losing. And they're, you know, they're okay with us buying in and still coming to the games and still losing because they feel like the gold is at the end of all these losses. Yeah. Go ahead. So I think they're okay with losing is what I'm saying because we're still coming to the games. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. What we were talking about ten minutes ago. Instead of like trying to build a winning culture, you're right. It does it does feel like it where they're like looking like oh well, looking at the bright side, we'll have uh, you know two number you know in the first five, we'll have two picks. It's like fuck, man. Like that, you're never gonna win <laughs> if you're like thinking like that. You're never gonna win. You're never gonna have a winning culture in your building if if you're if you're playing these games well starting next year like come on man 
George Allen, who was the Bears defensive coordinator, later went on to coach the Rams and Redskins, always had a cliche that he said, but it was so true. And again, we're just fans. We're not even the coaches or the players. But he said, like, losing is so terrible that a small portion of you dies with every loss. He's like, it might not be your heart. It might not be your lungs. It might be your spleen. It might be something you don't notice, but right. something is taken out of you every time you lose. Yeah. And we don't have that mentality at all with anybody with the Bears anymore. Maybe the McCaskies do, because Virginia's got to be sitting there thinking, bro, I'm going to be 101. How much time do you think I got left? Can we fucking win? No, but I don't think our management, uh, you know, beyond her or our son, George, I don't think anybody else in the front office feels that way. They're like, this is a build in progress. We can lose and start winning in 2025. Like, that's the kind of shit they think, I believe. I feel like George and the family only want to, like, their biggest reason for wanting to win is just to get their mother or their aunt or their grandmother, whoever, just to get Virginia that Super Bowl title so she can leave this earth whenever she's ready. Hopefully she's, she'll be 110. You know, I'm not wishing for it anytime because she's 101 now, man. Come on. She'll be 102 in, on January 5th. Jeez. So it's, it, it, I think that they really want to win it for her. Other than that, I just don't think they have any idea how to do it. And it's, they're just trying like hell. And the blind squirrel, I thought finally got the nut, but it seems like the blind squirrel is still looking for the fucking nut. And it's just been happening every I, year. I would think that the, even if it's not Harbaugh, I'll just use him as an example. Someone that's had, uh, again, of course, he has ties to the organization. He played here. But even if it's not him, it's somebody like him. That, And I know we, we did this with Fox, but Fox was the only coach ever that the Bears ever had that was a coach somewhere else before they hired him. Even Mike Ditka was a special teams coach with Dallas. He wasn't the head coach. So every cut, Dave Wanstead, defensive coordinator, the only head coach they've ever hired that was a head coach somewhere else first was John Fox. But I would like that because you think about Harbaugh as the example, led the 49ers to the Super Bowl. I would want someone to come in that it's not, oh, they're trying to learn how to win in the fucking on the job. Like, dude, bring us somebody that knows how to win from day one. Give us somebody that knows how to win from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, and not not just a guy, a project. It's always right. somebody like, oh, we're you won't you won't believe who we hire. We hired Mark Mark Trustman. Nobody else wants to hire him, but we're smarter than you, so we're going to hire oh, Mark right. Trustman. Like we don't want Iggy oh, or somebody that's supposed to be so smart. Just give us somebody that's a proven track record, someone that can show you they know how to win from the jump. That's what I want. And, and Somebody here in chat said earlier too, a minute ago, um, the uh, the last uh, two guys that they hired were, um, or I forget what, what whatever they said, but it was something along the lines of uh, they were coaches that didn't even call plays. So the past two offensive coordinator coaches that we hired, like, didn't even call the plays for that team, like Nagy, and yeah, well, Loose probably did. I'm sure he called the plays for the defense, but. You know, when you're when you're picking off the pile like that, or and, and Getze in this case, I think he was talking about Getze and then Nagy. So Getze never called plays for Green Bay. He was just the quarterback's coach. 
And we had to hire him as the offensive coordinator or else they wouldn't let him leave if it was a lateral move. So, yeah, it's we've we don't know what we have. We we knew nothing about Getsy as a play caller before this. And his we were hoping that his quarterback co uh, coaching skills, working with Aaron Rodgers, the things that they would have learned from each other, that he'd be able to to uh, add that to this quarterback room as the offensive coordinator. And it's just it's. It's not, it's just not. You know, it's not. But the, to uh, Sonny's point earlier about the predictability of that screen pass where Tampa said that. Okay, so they left Foreman inactive this week for Valus Jones. Valus Jones comes on the field. We all know what's coming. They run that fucking end around, which they bring every time he comes in. They run the end around, and what makes it even worse, again, a Matt Nagy specialty, they ran the end around to the short side of the field. So there was nowhere to go anyway. And, of right. course, it loses four yards. So when, Again, I'm just a dude watching the game on TV. I'm like, oh, number 12's in. Here comes the end around. It's just like, damn, there's no creativity with them at all. Uh, fucking Getsy is way in over his fucking head. Yeah, that, that's us always. I, I agree. That's us always trying to outsmart somehow the other freaking uh, other person uh, other person like you said dan aguire uh you know hiring mark tressman because he's this offensive genius that we're, we're gonna take everyone by surprise you know what i mean or, or, or again getsy like calling the exact three with the same formation same fucking players three plays in a row same like, like somehow, like he's going to trick them. Like, oh, they're, they're going to think I'm not going to call it again. Well, okay. Well, this time they're really not going to think that I'm going to call it again. <laughs> exactly. like, it's like, it's like the preseason. Oh, look, the screen pass worked really well. And sort of that dump off to, to Herbert. Let's just come off, come out with a, a horizontal or a lateral passing game uh, for the first game, because they won't expect that. Cause that's what we did in the preseason. Right. <laughs> and it completely failed them. Another two dollar super chat from Retro. Stop revenue sharing. You'll see Chicago win. Thank you, Retro. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> no, we're being sarcastic, but I'd like to know what they really are saying in those scenarios because I feel like they are. They do think that they're gonna shock someone, or they're they're smarter than them, or, or whatever. God, it's just disgusting, man. Like, get your shit together. And then, like yesterday, Braxton Jones, that's another point. Now, I, I give him so many props for not missing any time and always being there. He's the complete opposite of Tevin Jenkins. You know, he's he's always there for us. But, like, the dude, you know, has another penalty, another false start, and then the next play gets Fields fucking lit up, man. That's the one sack that really wasn't Justin's fault. And it's like, give this guy some smelling salts. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Wake up! Wake up! You just fucking you you jump off sides for the fourth time this season, or false start for like the fourth time this season, and you get your quarterback just fucking annihilated on the next play when you don't even try. It's just like, what are they doing? It's nobody's ready to play. Nobody. There's no fire in this coach because winning was optional last year, yes. and now how can you listen to the same coach? Who was just is so fucking dry and boring with no passion whatsoever. Well said. And my even my own wife, when when my wife, who 
just a couple years ago was having me trying to explain to her down in distance what a first and a second and third and a fourth down means to, to, to now a couple years later, granted, she's only got that and a little bit more down. And she's saying with her, with her own self saying this team doesn't look like it's playing with energy. Like they, they, where is the, the passion? Where, where is the, um, where's the energy to try to come back and win this game? You're out, you're, you're out of it, but you're not out of it. Like you're losing, but you're not out of it. You have plenty of time to come back and win this game. And they, they go back and they, and they score uh, against Green Bay. And then the next play, they're like, eh, like the next time they get the ball, they're like lackadaisical and then a turnover. Same thing with this, with this week. They come, they drive down, they score a turn, they score a touchdown. Claypool finally gets his first touchdown. And just the defense just comes out lackadaisical and then just let them march down the field and eat up the clock. And there's nothing they can do. The team in in in, in general is not playing with with fire, passion, and the ability to believe that we're down by 10 fucking points with 10 minutes to go. If you were down by 10 fucking points with three minutes to go with Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, you better damn well believe that those guys know, they believe, and they're going to teach that whole fucking team in real time that they can win that game. And, and to your point, that's last, not happening. Year, last year when we saw Sanborn in the game, he was giving us like 130%, like playing way above his talent level and was making all these tackles. And this season, I, it's like, well, I don't see Sanborn. I don't see the other two linebackers that we just paid $100 million uh, combined. Like what, what the, the guy from Buffalo, Edmonds, what has he done? Nothing. I haven't seen him do fucking shit. Yeah. You know, no, at least Agakwe has been like, you know, he didn't get the sacks that he wanted, that we all wanted, because Mayfield, for whatever reason, kept breaking out of his grip. But at least he's still getting pressures. I don't know what the secondary's hurt. You know, Eddie's probably going to IR. Kyler Gordon's in IR. You know, uh, Brisker's always either hurt or dehydrated or something. And, you know, the secondary's, you know, it, it's just not very good right now. The D-line is is getting pressures, at least so far. What are the linebackers doing? Where's that fire from even Sanborn, someone last year that until he got hurt, like I said, he was the guy that was like playing really hard. And you don't see that now at all from anybody on the defense. Nobody. The the the, the point that Dan said earlier with his wife uh, 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 talking about, you know, there's no belief. Out and not knowing what she's talking about. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember week two and I was watching it on, on TV just now. And I think we we're only down, maybe like you said, maybe seven, maybe ten. But they had one shot that showed the Bears bench, and that's probably one of the reason, one of the times when I've gotten mad at Justin the most because I, I've felt so much and believed in him so much to be that franchise quarterback. But they're all just sitting there, completely dejected, as if like they're losing by thirty, and it's like week seventeen. It's the last week. And like they have absolutely no communication, talking to each other, no spark 
on that entire offense. Like to me, Hold on. I, I got to cut you off. This guy says, what the fuck am I talking about? Well, I'll tell you what the fuck I'm talking about. You condescending bastard. What I was talking about was that Sanborn gave us energy last year. And even he's not giving us energy. Edmonds is not giving us energy. The guy we signed from Philly's not giving us energy, but yeah, yeah. You could do the show better. Fuck you. Yeah, no, there's there's not one personal and, and, and there something is happening because to me, like even the post conferences when Fields is talking, he reminds me of fucking Mitchell Trubisky, where Good he point. just like whoop, 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 talk. he's not like he's not like when you listen to the press conferences from the past years, he's very pointed, knows exactly what he's talking about, can even recall certain plays. Now he's regurgitating shit that he thinks that us fans want to hear. Man, shut the fuck up. Sometimes I just want a fucking stud to just be in that fucking podium and be like, we fucking sucked. I sucked. I'm the quarterback. It's my fucking team. It doesn't matter that this person dropped the ball or not. I should have done the fucking job. It's my fault because this is my team. But we never have that. We have – it's so fucking – I was screaming at my TV, and I'm sure you guys remember the play where just – it's like third and or second, and I, I can't remember which down it was. Fields is running out, rolling out. There's supposedly no one down the field. I don't know. I, I didn't see the film. And just as he's about to run out of the bounds to, to take a fucking sack and a yard loss, he finally tosses it and then, like, you know, throws it out of bounds, like, like at the last moment. And to me, it's like, why is it taking you so fucking long to recognize that? Like, what is happening to you, man? That happened to you. And that happened to Trubisky all the time. Yes. It's like watching a different fucking player, guys. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand. This dude regressed. This is after we, quote, unquote, gave him an offensive player, a guy that is supposed to help him take the next step. It makes zero sense that he regresses this bad on his zone. It can't be. He has to be the coaching too. That's why I'm so fucking worried about the franchise here. And and, and it's going to be a big telling with with a new, what's his name, Warren and Poles. Like, are, are they going to make some fucking changes in the next couple of days, couple of weeks? Some fucking firings. I know that maybe you can't fire Justin Fields. Fucking fire Getsy. It's not like he can fucking do something. And then if the problem is, if the Getsy's telling you, well, I'm not calling the plays because I don't trust Justin, it's like, figure it out, motherfucker. That's what you're getting paid for, man. Have some fucking balls. Like I said, if the 49ers can dump a fucking truckload to move up to number two to draft Trey Lance and then admit to everyone, like, yeah, the dude's not it. Like, what the fuck are we? The the thing you just said earlier, uh, Mike Brown in 2005 the Browns had just beaten us. Uh, the Bears had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and then they blew it to Trent Dilfer. I mean, I shouldn't shit on Trent Dilfer. He won a Super Bowl. But anyway, the Bears were 1-3, and three, and Mike Brown, after the game, said, we fucking suck. We are paper champions. We're supposed to be this good defense. We suck. And they were 1-3, and three, and they won, eight, they won eight straight games after he said, we suck. Yeah, that's because a it's like to motivate everybody to say, you know what? Yeah, we do suck, but it's because we're not giving yeah, enough yeah. effort or whatever. He it motivated the team because he just told you what, how he felt, how the despair. Like you were saying, no one comes out and says that now. They just give you the standard answer that, like, whatever, what was the PR firm? What did they tell me to say? Okay, I'm going to go say that. Yeah, he uh, to me, Justin sounds robotic. 
these last two press conferences that I was listening to, again, he just doesn't sound like the same guy. Like, reminds me of Mitchell Trubisky where he's just rambling on what he thinks the fans will want to hear. Yeah, his, his the, the press conferences, they're just getting brutal for him, right? He's just, he's dejected looking. Man, I, I'd rather him oh, shut the fuck up, honestly. Yeah. Instead of just like just talking, talking talk, just talk. Right. Just shut right. the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. You sucked. Yeah. Fucking say it, acknowledge it, and get the fuck out of there, man. Instead of like in that balls. By the way, oh, I gotta, I gotta say this because this is where like, like you know, we're talking about red flags and this and that. Like this is where like it was a big fucking red flag, and I had a huge fucking problem. If we're gonna talk about a franchise quarterback, week one, Justin Fields calling out, well, we gotta, you know, do better uh, blocking on the perimeter, motherfucker. I know, but bitch, you again, you don't fucking say that. If you're a fucking franchise quarterback, again, you take the goddamn blame. You're the fucking quarterback. You figure out a fucking way to make it work. That's the way you fucking do it. If you're going to be the elite, like you're calling yourself the elite, like you're the, oh, well, yeah, I already consider myself a franchise quarterback. Well, then act like it, you motherfucker. Fucking call out your goddamn opinion. What the fuck is the matter with you, man? What the fuck does that? Even Trubisky took all the blame, right? Jesus. Yeah. That was so fucking disappointing. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like I'm watching a different fucking person, man. I don't know what they did to this kid to coach him. I have no Maybe if I'm trying to, to play devil's advocate, I agree again with your fire. I love it. Maybe because, again, I do like Justin, and I want him to be the guy. I fear that he's not. Um, but maybe because, like you said, there it's like where did he go? Like how did he get? to just being this robot maybe it's like he's what five and 22 is the starter yes. now i think yes. maybe it's all this losing man may i mean i'm just trying to be empathetic toward his mental like i think if any of us like we're going out it day in and day out and like you're yeah. giving your fucking all and you just can't win Damn. like everything i do we're still losing maybe that that would make me feel like Holy shit! Uh, you know the way he's behaving is probably, probably a result of all that defeat. You know, Dan, I would tell you then if that's the case, then he ain't the fucking guy because like you're I probably said, right. Like, though. like that, we need a fucking guy that's gonna take this shit on his shoulder. That's what we need and what we want. So if that's what he's worried about, then he ain't the fucking guy. Which, by the way, this whole thing with the Beijing thing again, I don't know, but suppose. Like the whole thing where Justin Fields supposedly felt uncomfortable. Uh, I, I've read that. I forgot which outlet I, I, I would tell him right now. But that's, you know, I, either Twitter, I've read it somewhere where Justin supposedly felt uncomfortable with the whole Beijing thing and whatnot. It's like, man, where the fuck are you uncomfortable? If that's true. To me, again, that's like, okay, that that's a red flag if it's true. Like, it shouldn't fucking matter to you at all. It's irrelevant if you're the fucking franchise court, if you're the guy, and if you fucking feel it, and you you act, you know you walk the walk. It's, it would be irrelevant that Beijing is breathing down your neck. You know what? You know what would help Beijing not breathe on your neck? Throw the fucking ball when the guy's wide fucking open. You know what's even more dumbing? Here's something. Why don't you go to Beijing and go, hey, I've been noticing you get rid of the ball really quick. Uh, Maybe we can work together, and you can show me what your uh, what your tricks are to to help me, like with my release. That's what I'd be doing if I was Justin. It doesn't matter if he's a third string quarterback; you can still learn something from him. No, you I, know what's I, even I, more damning I, is when when polls told Bajent that he made the team. At least this was what was disseminated 
in uh, in an article, I think, in the Sun Times. Mm -hmm. But it said that polls told him, "Congratulations, you made the team. Now you can help make Justin better." Something to, I, that's not a direct quote, but the idea was he told him his job was to make Justin better, and it's just like. Are you saying that like Bajic can read defenses right there and that Justin can't? What do you mean? Like, why should the undrafted rookie yes. from a small school be helping the kid from Ohio State who played in the national championship game? But how why would he be making him better? Like Justin should be worlds above him. Correct. So that to me, that's like if that is really the case, and you're you know, the, the coaches and the GM, I'm hoping that they know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean? At that point, cut the fucking cord after a while if you can see that it's not going on. If it's not happening, it's not happening. But to me, I just have zero answers and zero faith that they know what they're doing in that in that building at all. I'm gonna I'm pulling up a, a Tyson Bajant's um, his his uh, his Twitter page. He's got a shitload of videos on there of, of him doing th just this kind of thing. So let me, let me remove you here for a second, Dan. Get, look, look at that. Look, this is all I want. Boom. Look how the fucking ball just rips out of his hand. Quick release. Why isn't there something to be learned from Justin by just watching this? He doesn't like take that long windup like Justin does. Justin would be taking to me. Okay, so right here, Justin would take another step back, and then and then pat the ball. He to me. Right. To so, me so, hold on a second. Let me go to it. Right here, Justin Fields would take another step back, and then once he planted his foot, he, then he he would then be trying to do his to do his like long windup, but from here. That guy doesn't take that step, and boom, it's gone. And I mean, you can go to his page, and you can—he's got all the kinds of videos on on here of him throwing the ball like this. Go check that's, it out for yourself. Great point. Great point. But to, but to me, to, to me, so it's you, a, if you got to bring in a guy to supposedly help Justin Fields, then you're telling me that Justin Fields ain't the guy. That's what you're telling me, pretty much. If, if you know what, Dan Aguirre, when you when you when you read that, if it's supposedly if, if Paul said that, oh, th that was quoted. It had do, a. Do you book. think? I mean, honestly, do you all think like Patrick Mahomes and uh, what year was it? Like when you know Andy Reid would bring, oh, we're gonna bring in this guy to help Patrick Mahomes. Not no, man. What the fuck are we talking about here, man? Then he ain't the fucking guy. So my problem then is again, I'll always go back to coaching. Like, why is he so bad now? Like. At least he looked fucking competent. Yeah, I know we're losing games. By the way, Mike North, big apology to him. That motherfucker was right. <laughs> so <laughs> if he ends up listening to this show, I have to apologize to the man. Hey, I was the one that would be talking shit to him on Twitter for Mitchell Trubisky. So uh, he was right. <laughs> uh, hey, Sonny, I don't want to interrupt you. I found the direct quote. Informing Bajan of his position as quarterback two, General Manager Ryan Pulse texted him with some concise and high expectations. Quote, Ryan texted me just telling me, congratulations, be an asset to Justin. Stay focused, stay ready, but be an asset to Justin. 
That's the quote. Straight turn four five ball. Yes. To me, that's that. that I mean, that at that point, your our GM is pretty much letting us know that he feels that Justin ain't it. You know what I mean? Look, um, Justin doesn't throw the ball like this. Look, that's a deep out. That's a that's a what a, a fifteen yard deep out. And I, 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 I will Gone. tell you that yes, I, as I mentioned, I believe at the top of the show that everyone's mentioned. I think Greg Gabriel really like uh, hammered it, hammered it a lot. Was that yes, he does Justin doesn't throw doesn't throw it with anticipation into a spot. Bajent, okay, watching him through those preseason games, the kid did look very sharp. It would be a disservice to the Chicago Bears if this kid doesn't get a chance to play. It would Especially be. Especially if you feel like at this point, it feels to me, man, he looks wrecked and shattered. And that's what I'm saying. We'll see how built he is because everyone's saying that he's built. But like, man, he's done to me a lot of things that are like kiss of death. When I think of what I what what I feel is the franchise quarterback, he's done like a lot of things that are kiss of death, like like calling out your fucking teammates about better like about better pass blocking. How about you make a better fucking throw? It's like shut the fuck up, man. Fling gone. Just get rid of the fucking ball. I can't say the Bajan's ever going to be any good. I don't know. Uh, I'm not like sucking Bajan's dick here or anything like that. All I can say is that his stats have to be acknowledged. I feel like I can speak for all three of us and say that we all really believed in Justin and we all really like like present tense Justin. We want him to succeed, but it appears that he's it's too big for him. So again, yes. there's no malice here. Where none of us are coming on here and saying all this stuff about Justin because we didn't like him from the get go or something. We we all loved him from the get go. No, I loved him absolutely. And yeah, that's so. and, and you know, look the Bajan, like his his stats from college. Uh, it's like it's like it's like it's on a fucking like it's like it's on a. Um, you what, have what to, if this continues, you have to give him a chance. But yeah, he's like on a on a string. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, what's that thing that you pull back and a sl- it's like a slingshot? Look at, just, bam! It's, it's, it's night and day between the two guys. Anyone in chat? Because chat's blowing up about this, and we got a lot of people saying, uh, like Raging Oak was saying, "Good grief, you guys are drinking the Kool Aid that isn't there." Like boom, boom, Raging, watch the ball come out of his hand. If if Justin cannot get rid of the ball like this, this kid deserves a shot before we go into this season with another fucking three wins and we're sitting there with the first and second pick in the draft and we find out that maybe we don't need a quarterback because this guy is the fucking guy. He's got the build. He's got the arm. He's got the release. He's got the footwork. He's got the, the processing power. He he can he's mobile enough. He can move around. But he had two touchdowns rushing in the preseason. So when you have someone like this on your team, it, for me, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm going holy shit. You get rid of that ball. I want to see if you and I can work together on the side, and and we can kind of like you can. I'm happy to like listen because he's the third string under undrafted free agent quarterback. Doesn't mean he can't learn something from him. Is my point. I'm not saying Justin's uh, ready to give up on him yet, but if we if this continues and we get to a point where we're staring down zero and seven or something like that, or one and seven, 
why not put this kid in there just to see what he can do if if Justin is not able to learn something from this release? Uh, it, to me, if Justin looks like, which to me, you know, week one, I wasn't sure it was one of those things. Whose fault is it? Week two, to me, it looks a lot of point, fingers are pointing at him that he just can't properly operate this for one way or another. If it's continuing next week against Kansas City, the same thing. Um, if this kid can operate the offense, and again, the coaching staff would know that. They're, they're fucking playing with him. I'm assuming they would know, just like the 49ers knew with Trey Lance. Shit. If that's the case, right? you got you to gotta do what you don't want to do in an essence, but that's what I'm saying. Have the fucking balls to do it then. Like, it, you know it, what I mean? It kind of comes down to if if Ryan Poles is is hasty enough, would he even is it possible that he would be the first uh, GM to fire a Bears coach like in season? I think they fired Getsy before they fight. I here's what worries me about Poles and Matt Eberfuls. They all have the same. They have that agent. They have the same agent. We've never. We all kind of uh, it got reported when when Eberflus, uh got hired, and I, I think he was even asked on their introductionary press conference. I think it was Adam Hoge that asked them that question, or someone asked them that question. Um, they're the same age, and I hope that doesn't come into uh, that at, at the end of the day. That the, the polls has to do the right thing for the Bears, and right now I don't think that Eberflus. Um, to me, no, man, especially after listening to the radio this morning, it's, it's a huge concern. And that's my, that is my head coach of the team. Like I said, justifying the screenplay, not even saying like, you know what, we took a look and we had some internal discussions about, you know, what could have done differently. And, you know, we're looking at things, give me a fucking political answer, but don't fucking sit there like, oh yeah, no, the play was good. Uh, I don't have, I didn't have a problem with the play because, uh, you know, they were in cover two and that's a cover two beater. It's like, Motherfucker, like it doesn't matter that they called cover two when the entire defensive guys know what you're about to do. So they're adjusting according to that. And it's like, like I'm, like I said earlier, it's like they're, he's thinking like they're playing Madden 23. So the defense called cover two. So, so the AI is going to like run like a cover two. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just so concerning to hear a fucking head coach, not like really it seems that he has no fucking grasp of what's going on, man. And we're week two. Shit. I know. I know. It's it's time to hit the panic button, isn't it? <laughs> it is. For me, it is. With this coaching staff, it is. Because to me, Justin Fields took a regression. He looks like he doesn't even belong in the NFL, bro. Wait, can I, can I answer this question? Uh, Walt's saying... The lack of uh, the lack of any other personnel on the field makes that a simple pitch and catch. No one is gunning for him. The DBs aren't there to change the route. It doesn't matter if you saw if if I need to find some footage of if I can find it of Justin Fields throwing the same kind of pass from this from this perspective from like the camera angle behind him like this. You'll see that the that the the wind up right here. He will take another step back. And hesitate even when he doesn't when he when there's nobody guarding the guy he does it in practice. If he's doing it in practice and he's doing it in the game, then it, they're hand in hand. If if you if you can get rid of the ball like this in practice, 
you can get rid of the ball like that in the game. And that's what he, it doesn't matter that there's nobody guarding him. The ball is coming up. This is what I'm, it, it's apple and oranges, guys. How fucking quickly can you get the ball out of your fucking hand? If you can't, it's time to look at the guy who can. And if he can't, then let's look at the guys in college coming out of the draft. Yeah, right? no, I, I agree with you that, like, watching the little preseason games of Bajan, he looks like, like Mr. Automatic. I mean, very quick to read, but he has to be acknowledged that he was playing against third, fourth stringers. Um, but we also have to acknowledge that his release is super quick. Uh, given, like I said, you have to acknowledge his stats. He ended up like breaking NCAA record for, I think, believe most passing yards and most touchdowns. Like, look, man, I know stats don't tell a lot of, you know, kind of like don't look at stats. <laughs> stats are for losers. Um, but you have to acknowledge his stats to give him a shot right. uh, if Fields isn't working out is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <clears throat> well said. Apparently, Nick Chubb sustained an injury that could be career-threatening tonight. Yes, that looked like, if you guys, I don't know if you saw it, looked like, you know, if you all remember Zach Miller injury with his leg, with oh, the way yeah. his leg. Yeah, Guess it was, it was uh, I saw I saw the video on the X, the Twitter. I wish I didn't see it. It looked nearly, like the way the knee, it looked nearly identical. I got a great stat for you. Pittsburgh, oh, his, Pittsburgh in their last 21 home games on Monday Night Football, 21-0. and 0. Damn. Including the one where Justin and us got ripped in 21. That's the true. game I was at. We should have won that game, but we, yeah, the refs screwed the Fucking us. official, man. Yep. Tony Carrenti. Yeah, but again, with that, you thought, man, Justin's got, he, he, look how dominant he was in that second half. You're like, where's that guy now? That's, the, that's what I'm saying. He's like, they coached him, but I don't know what did they coach him. Cause like they turned him into a, he turned him into a new person on the field and off the field. He just doesn't look like the same guy or talk like the same guy. It, it, it is, it's so concerning. It's like, a, yeah. Oh, God. I just saw a still photo of uh, Chubb's leg. Ooh. Oh, I don't even want uh, that. Zach Miller injury was honestly one of the worst I've ever seen. Like, uh, and it was a touchdown, by the way. Yep, that, that, that wasn't. Oh, a, that was and, and of course, Al yeah. uh, tried to bullshit and explain why it wasn't, and he's he gets to control the the ACC now in their replays. <laughs> <laughs> look! Look at my poor dog. He's like, "Are you putting me back on TV?" <laughs> Is the other dog okay though? Remember the one, like I, I asked that earlier, yeah. but yeah, she has uh, she has another checkup tomorrow with the with the. I specialist. I think we're done giving. I, I I think we're done giving her eye drops as of today. So Good. tomorrow tomorrow should be a better day. Good to, hear. Feeling, Good to hear. Are you feeling better about this loss? No. If he winks, he said it, that means a no. No, that's definitely a no. Not feeling <laughs> any better about the loss. So. <laughs> no, he can't even look at you guys anymore. He's like, nope. So, are you two completely out on fields, or do you are you still sort of? Like, what is your guys' take? Go ahead, Dan. Go my ahead. Brain says, my brain says he, he's, he can't do it. He's not going to do it. 
my heart says I hope that he has some kind of resurgence against Kansas City to the point where we're like, okay, let's see it against Denver. All right, let's see it against Washington or Minnesota or, you know, uh, Oakland or, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. You know, like something that just gives you hope to say, let's see it again and again and again. You know, I want him to turn it around. I, a lot of quarterbacks early on, such as Steve Young, Jim Plunkett had adversity and then later won Super Bowls. Uh, and we're almost looked at as busts at one point. I can't say Justin's going to be able to turn that around to that extent. And if it happens, it may not even be here, but I am a fan of his and I do want him to, if he's getting a start Sunday in Kansas city, then I want him to make the most of it. Hopefully he can win, but if he can't, I want him to acquit himself. Well, like, yeah, show up, man, like show up and, and, Show us the reason that you were a number one pick. I mean, not number one overall, but a first-round pick. Show uh-huh. us why you were even being talked about as being a first-round pick. Show us what you did at Ohio State that you could throw the deep ball. You, you know, Show us something. Like, Don't just give us this three-yard screen that you can't complete to Darnell Mooney. How many of these screens does he throw? Even the one in the preseason that was caught by D.J. Moore that went to the house was a bad throw. DJ Moore made a great catch on it. For me to answer your question, uh, champ, I'll say I'm not I'm not done with Justin Fields yet. But I'm just saying that I know what my eyes are looking at. And it's failing the eye test, right? Failing the eye test, yes. And the, the more fucking failed eye tests that become 0-3 and 0-4 and 0-5 and 0-6 and and are going to become the calling card for it's not working. And it's not to say that maybe – okay, there's, there's two different ways that a quarterback succeeds, right? One is the coaching staff develops a quarterback and because they know what they're doing. The second is a quarterback is so good that he transcends any coaching and almost becomes a coach. He's a coach on the field. He's coaching. He's working with the coaches to make plays. I mean, look at fucking Mahomes. Have you guys seen the quarterback? They do, like, um, on, on Netflix, they do, like, every Wednesday, he allows the, the, the team to make up their own plays. So Mahomes and the guys make up their own fucking plays, and then they present five or six plays to uh, Andy Reid, and he goes, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take those two. And he puts them in the game. And one of them was a play in the Super Bowl that worked really well. <clears throat> so they both go hand in hand. If the co- if the coaching staff can't get the you know the best out of the quarterback, but the quarterback is transcendent of any coaching, then you have your recipe for success. So if, in other words, if this coaching staff is mediocre at best, but let's just say. Tyson Bajan is transcendent at his position, and it doesn't matter who's coaching him. He will, the coaching staff will learn from him. He will learn from them. His uh, drive will make everyone succeed. He will develop wide receivers. It won't matter that we don't have to go out and get a DJ Moore. We'll go draft and develop receivers. That's why Green Bay never fucking drafted a receiver for Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Yet he always had a receiver that he developed, right? 
They got a, sh- a boatload of picks for Devontae Adams. And it, it go it just from day one. I I can't remember all of them. There's been so many down to Randall Cobb and so on and so forth. So, um, am I done with him? No. Am I seeing that? I, with is he passing the eye test for me as of now? No. And I wish I wish that he had just a t- a tinge of Cutler in him. Because if if Cutler no, he, he, has, he has the long throwing motion that Cutler had, no, that's the problem. Smith, the way you all, the way you were talking about Mahomes making plays and such, if if whether it's uh, uh, what's his fucking name, uh, Pep Hamilton, who was here early on, uh, and Ron Turner and Jay was like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mike Tice, you have no idea what you're talking about. And what do you say on the sidelines? Tell Mike I said fuck him. Talking about Mike Martz. Now, again, we could say Cutler's an asshole, but if the coach is calling bullshit like Luke Getze, Cutler would have called his ass out. Maybe not to the media, but Cutler would have been like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I can play. Let me fucking, you know what I'm saying? He, he had a little bit of a swagger to him that even if he didn't succeed, Jay always believed in himself. I wish Fields had a little bit of that in him and say, Bro, it's your fault, man. I, I can't fucking win with these bullshit calls that you're, you know, we need to switch the offense up so that I can perform. Like, I don't know if he has that in him. I I agree. Like Zach Sullivan saying, uh, nobody ruined anyone. Fields just doesn't have it. Stroud is on a team with far less talent and led the league passing this week for Christ's sake. Stop. Just stop with the Fields dick sucking. I think we're, we're kind of stopping with the Fields dick sucking is what we're doing tonight. Zach, a great description. I Fields Dick Suck. He just doesn't deserve it at this point. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked you a couple weeks ago if you'd suck a, a dick for a billion dollars, and you were like, what? No, I would never do that. <laughs> and then you just like, in the beginning of the show, I would just suck a stranger's dick if we could get this. <laughs> well, I'm speaking in terms of, uh, obviously, in terms of, uh, you know, analogies and, and metaphors right. and... <laughs> And hyperbole, <laughs> of course. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man! Like the first two <laughs> weeks, he's played the exact same game both times. I mean, no yeah. progress whatsoever. And I don't know if that's. It, it might be a combination of him and the offense. I, I I'm sorry, I don't, I don't believe in Sam Mustafer. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't know if Lucas Patrick's the answer either. But I, I Mustafer was woo. Our law saying, please note that Sam Mustafer was considered a dog with the Bears. Now he is starting for the two and zero Ravens. <laughs> give it time. Give it time on Sam. Yeah. yeah. He's got Olin in his in his corner still, so that's all he needs. Yeah, Olin would kick my ass for it, but man, Olin was a good player. I didn't see it in Sam though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are blowing up in chat, man. We've got a lot of new people in here too. Our our law, it's good to see you again. Kelly Jordan, good to see you. That's the first time we've seen you. Thanks for joining us. They should have never changed up his foot on the shotgun plays or his baller mentality now that he doesn't know who the hell he is. So you think that had really something to do with it, that starting like starting the shotgun snap with his left foot as opposed to his right has actually like fucked his mind up because he's like thinking backwards now? Like you're like you're you're telling him to write with his left hand in a way. Yeah, that, that might be an arguable point. Might be. 
Yeah, Swifty. He's starting. Mustafer is starting th for the Ravens because of injury <laughs> only. <laughs> What's up, Swifty? <laughs> oh man, you guys, you guys are, uh, you guys. Well, we're getting, we're going on two hours here, so you guys are kind of quiet now. You want to wrap this up? You want to um, keep? That's up to you. I mean, I. I, I don't work my other job tonight, therefore I, I could do a, an overtime here with you, so to speak. Okay, we can go a little bit longer then. It's a good conversation. Uh, let's see. Raging Oracle. QB is the hardest position at the pro level. The idea of an undrafted rookie is going to give you a better shot than your stud is, as a first-rounder is drunk talk. But you see, to me, that's the problem. Like, Right here, buddy. It, right here. If if you know if you know that Fields is not it, he's not giving you that chance. You have to. It doesn't matter that he's undrafted. Who gives a shit? Try it out. Fucking Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. Who the fuck would have thought that motherfucker would have had what ten Super Bowl appearances? But Tom. Okay. He's undrafted. He's a nobody. I'm not saying he's going to be another Tom Brady. But who's not to say that this motherfucker can't turn into a into a competent quarterback that like, all right, if you put some pieces around him, you can win with him. Kind of like what I, what I've talked about Jordan Love earlier, but with like that release, I think you can win. Well, if I can make a quick reference, I think raging Oracle's comment for the most part is accurate for the most part. For the and, most part. Yeah. Right. But I just want to reference you, you brought up Brady, of course, the 99 Rams in the preseason, they had signed Trent Green that year uh, away from, I think, Washington. And he sustained a major injury and was out for the year. Dick Vermeil cried in the press conference. You know, he's like, it's so unfortunate. I really do think we have a good football team. We signed this kid. He's out for the year. But we're going to rally. We're not going to panic. We're going to put this guy named Kurt Warner in there. We think he's good, too. <laughs> and before the year was over, Kurt Warner was the league MVP and Super Bowl MVP. Now, I'm not saying that you know Tyson Bajan is Kurt Warner, but no one knew who Kurt Warner was yet. And I don't know if he was drafted. Was he drafted? I don't think he was. He may have been. I, if he was, nobody knew who the fuck he was. Right. And before that year was over, again, MVP and Super Bowl MVP. So it is an aberration for someone to come out of like Brady a sixth round or whatever, but it, it can happen. I'm not saying that he's better than Fields. I don't know about Bajan. I don't know. I don't guess any of us will until we see him play. And I suspect he would struggle because he, you know, there's a reason that he played in this D2 or whatever. But but unfortunately, you have to see what he's got if Fields continues to struggle to see if there is something you could coach and get out of him. That would be not that if, if they don't, like you said, if and he fails, fails, you, you draft another quarterback if he fails. Yeah, I mean, you have you have it feels a struggling like that. You have to, you have to. Then, then we have a whole another set of problems if they even try them out, you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, uh, you wouldn't say give it to Nathan Peterman, and, and that's no. no shot at Peterman, no, but. He's been in the league a while now. He started a playoff game with Buffalo, but I mean, you kind of feel like you already know who Peterman is. No one knows who Tyson Bajan is, like in what he can or can't do. So that's why I would think that you would start him over Peterman if you're going to bench Fields. 
Oh, maybe it's too maybe it's too soon to to bench Fields, but it's starting to look like that's inevitable. It's starting to. Yeah, and it, it sucks, man, because I wanted him to be everything that, you know, we've seen it. Every other team's had their quarterback forever, you know, their franchise quarterback, and we've been salivating at the idea of having one. And he's had so many moments that were impactful, granted, all running the ball, but I thought, well, there's much more to him than just those runs. He was just exploiting his athletic ability on those, and he can still throw it too. But it feels like if it, maybe he can't read the defense. I mean, that's what Dan Hampton said and Ed Obranovich, and they're both Bears Hall of Famers. I mean, they can't read defenses. He's reluctant to throw, uh, is what Greg Gabriel was saying today. Throw the fucking ball. I, I didn't get to hear all of Greg, but I heard enough uh, that he was saying that, you know, he doesn't throw the fucking ball. So, I mean, it's the, the writing is on the wall here. It's not us saying it. It's experts saying it. In the film, as they say, the tape doesn't lie. We're seeing it on the field, too. So, man, I, I don't know. It just doesn't look good. That's the problem. It's because our eyes are seeing it. We, we trust our eyes. We have been down this road how many times as Bears fans? And we've, we've seen what we, we've watched with our own eyes what a quarterback has done to us in Green Bay for you know two centuries or two decades i should say um we want to see that on our team yes we are not seeing that and how fucking long can we go on as bears fans and put all of our eggs into the same basket blindly because we think one day it's gonna click and he's gonna pull it out and then we're gonna we're going to go from a 12-game losing streak to a 12-game winning streak. Do you see that happening? I don't. So if we go on another five-game losing streak and you and everyone's going to be talking about drafting a quarterback, let's just see what this release can do for us. In this you offense, you have to, you have to you it would be it would be Melton like GM just coaching malpractice if we if you didn't. I agree with you. You owe it to the fans, man. You owe it to us to to at least see what you have in him, because if you have two first picks in, in the first round, and this guy is the answer, why draft a quarterback? Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, what Dan Dan Aguirre made a point earlier when he said, you know, uh, you know, on, when he was talking about undrafted and 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 someone made a comment, even man, th yeah, those stats alone, you have to give him a shot because he is, as Dan said, it's not like you know that that's Peterman. You kind of know who he is, but just off of those stats alone, you you kind of want to give him a shot just to see what he got. And again, I'm not saying that this dude will be the guy that you were saying where he's the the next time Brady and whatnot, but if you can find a guy that, that can operate an offense and keep moving the ball down the field, hey man, anything is possible, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I remember talking to Dan Aguirre, that 2018 team, as much as we all, uh, one of the very first people right here, myself, that was, man, still to this day, I'm so pissed at Ryan Pace, but we had a Super Bowl. 2018, it was one year, but we had a fucking window, man. 
And I hate to say it, but we fucking had we had Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, man. I yeah. mm, I you feel like quarterback and you trade for Mac and it works, right? You, but you could have, and that's exactly it. We thought we were one piece away. You know what I mean? And I feel that like the you know Ryan Pace did his job as a GM. He put us into that window of the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, yeah. he missed the fucking quarterback. As much as I agree with what you're saying there. He saved us a lot of money, though. As much as I agree with, with what you're saying there in reference to the 18 team, you know, Mitch, at least in that game, Mitch did what he was supposed to do. He got us in field goal range. He hit Allen Robinson on the deep play. He just barely missed 17 Anthony Miller at the end for a it touchdown before the field goal. They called yeah, it a fumble when it, it was a – it, it was a play that he caught and they caused it a, they called it a, a fumble or something. And then they ended up because the, the whistle wasn't blown. That was on half, half time. They, they couldn't actually officially call it a fumble or some weird shit like that. That was the play. Cause that we would have been on like the four yard line. I think it was, he didn't pick up the ball. Had he picked up the ball, they could have called it for the bears right there. at the, I think it was like within the five yard line. But he, Anthony Miller, never picked up the ball. I remember what you're talking about. But the the, the play that Dan Aguirre is talking about, right before we kicked the field goal, uh, Philadelphia called a blitz. Anthony Miller, one on one, Mitch threw it like just maybe by two yards over over overthrew him right in the end zone. It's been a game winning touchdown there. It's been a game winning touchdown right there. We don't ever yeah. went for a field goal, but you know it is what it is. Um, uh, it was somebody said over here earlier that uh, uh, it was raging oracle because uh, he said people are blowing up in chat here because they're getting upset at us for some people who think we're shitting on Justin too early. Uh, raging saying that this energy needs to be put into judgment of the coaches, and I, I, I I'm a thousand percent with you on that. Is this is is the long, uh, the long stride of the of the of the pass from justin and the when he drops back when he's throwing the ball and the fact that he's not you know throwing the ball like this where is it oh i removed it uh it's gone but you i had the base the bajan pass up the fact that he if 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 he can't get rid of the ball with the same timing of a of a undrafted rookie free agent quarterback. Is that on the coaches? Can the coaches coach that out of him raging? Can they? And if they can, why haven't they? And is, is it because they can't or is it because they suck as coaches? I would love to know your response to that because yes, there's been shitty play calling. We can all agree on that. We can, the blame has gone around. You know, it starts with the coaching, but if you, are still holding on to the fucking ball too long. At what point does that become coaching or you just are not, you don't have the ability to like uh, fix your motions to put yourself in the position to be great. Oh, I just shut up the room with that one. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about Eberflus. It's like, I, I'm, I don't think, I can't speak for both of you, but I think I can. Uh, I don't think any of us is saying that all of this is on Justin. I mean, I think 
it, a lot of it's on Eberflus. A lot of it is on uh, the offensive line. A lot of it's certainly on Getze. But the overall product, the way they're playing now, I fear that they may not win a game. And I'm not trying to be funny or sarcastic or anything. And if they do win one, it may be one or two. So having said that, if you're with the coach right now that's lost 12 games in a row, he keep in mind, he was two and one. And has now only won three games as a coach. And we're into his second year. He's lost 12 in a row in his defense. He's here for defense, and they've given up 25 points a game, 12 straight games, which is an NFL record. Never happened before. And if you if they end up winning two or three games this year, not only is Justin going to be gone, but so is Getsy and so is Eberflus. The whole goddamn product is failing. It's not just Justin. Everybody's failing. The right. whole organization is failing. But they're not going to fire Poles yet. And they're not going to fire Kevin Warren. He just got hired. Poles is going to get another swing. So I think right now Eberflus is in jeopardy. Fields is definitely in jeopardy, and Getsy's in jeopardy. And what I, I, I would think that if I were Eberflus, and he's got to see this, he's got to feel it in his heart. Like, dude, I'm losing every fucking game I coach. Like, you've got to be willing to try to change something up. Not that, not out of desperation, but just like, like uh, you said earlier, Sonny, like the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and hoping for a different outcome. You know, at some point, you've got to make an adjustment, whether that be, Getting him out of the fucking shotgun, for example, on every play. Like, okay, let's try to run the ball. You know, let's cater to his strengths. Try not to be so predictable. Something. Blitz more on defense. Something. Just try something else to win. He's. I mean, if I were Eberflus, I would be thinking about what adjustments I could make. And I just, how many times have we gone to the half, whether it was against Green Bay in week one, when it's 14, what, what was the score against Green Bay? Was it 10-6? And it's like, oh, man, I'm so envious over every time. Going back to Mike Holmgren, Green Bay always makes adjustments to the half, and we never do. Never do. We've had the lead on Green Bay in this 30 years, probably like 20% of the time, maybe 30% at the half, and would still lose all those games because Green Bay would 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 adjust. Our guys don't know how to adjust ever. Ever. Yeah, it's true. And and if it comes down to coaching, then do you do you become the first general manager to fire a head coach in season for the Bears? But he and- won't. He won't. Like you said, one of you brought up the fact he has the same agent. They they two both have the same agent. And if you remember when polls got hired. He talked about how much he and Eberflus are bros. Yep. Like that, that that's like one of his best friends in life. Like yep. he's not going to fire him unless he has to. So yep. then we say, well, it, maybe his hand will be forced. Maybe George, Mc, well, George McCaskey didn't make them fire John Fox when it was clearly over. Or Mark Tressman when they lost, gave up 50 points in back-to-back games against New England and Green Bay. And they didn't fire Tressman in the middle of the season. They're not going to fire him until after the year, period. And right. polls will have to be forced to fire him because otherwise he's going to make excuses for him because that's his buddy. And if they did fire him, well, no, I don't think any one of us is saying to fire polls. Am I not saying, speaking clearly no, enough? No, I'm saying if they did. No, then, but I'm in on the screen. Like, oh, 
None of, no, none I, of us said they were going to fire Pauls. Nobody said that. I, I was the only one that said that I, I, I didn't say fire him, but I said that we have to start acknowledging things. That, you know, we can't be blind. Like I said, Chase Claypool looks like a miss. The, 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 two, the two defensive guys that are nonstop hurt. Uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? I can't even remember his goddamn name now. Brisker? Yes, thank you. Same thing. It's like, it's like, listen, we're having a lot of picks by 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 by, by our gym GM here. That yeah, they look great on paper. Like Anthony Miller, like a fucking stud his rookie year. It's like we have to start acknowledging these things that like some of these picks are not panning out. So we can't be blind about it. And, and then you know, to me, what's gonna really show if he's doing his job is what is he gonna do with Matt Eberflus? Because to me, I'm out. I already told you guys, I'm. The moment I heard him this morning talk, I was out when it comes to Matt Eberflus. Out, out, we were done. I, I just don't have zero trust in him. You know, when it comes to Justin Fields, um, I, I'm watching the comments here. You know, and I, and I see stuff. Some people are still like, you know, I'm still in on Fields, and he's gonna be stud somewhere else. And this this organization failed him. That was the same shit we heard with Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, at this point. <laughs> Feels a shattered man, and and to Dan's point, it would take an extremely special, special player to come out of the other end of this and be great. Seeing what I've seen from Fields now, we would be foolish to think that he's going to wake up tomorrow and he's going to drop 350 on Kansas City with three touchdowns or some shit. He's like that. never thrown for 300, has he? Well, no, I. <sighs> I, you know, I don't even want to get the press. Justin? Yeah. I don't think he's had a 300 yard game with the Bears. Yeah, he has. He said he's had game? one or two. Contradicting, I don't, I don't remember it if he did. So I'm saying, which game was it? I'll tell you. But, you know, I wanted to say, you know, it's time to also, you know, as, as Bears fans, some of us, to come to some realization a little bit that, like, Fields is never going to be that guy. He's not. Either he never was, or even if he was and needed molding, well, we fucked that up, so he's not. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But at this point, like I said, it would be foolish to think that in one week he's going to completely turn into this stud that we thought that he would be. You get what I'm saying? I'm not saying that I'm out of Justin Fields that he can't – like that he wouldn't belong in the league. I think we've seen too much talent, you know, that he could be on a good team if he's surrounded with players that it could look like something good. I just don't know that this coaching staff can get that out of this guy because to me, this coaching staff regressed him. Yeah, no, he, he had a 310 yard game against the Lions in November 25th of 2022. Oh, that's the game that uh, we lost by missed extra point. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Was it thirty-one thirty that day? I believe you're right. Um, but uh, he also had a. If I remember, he had a pick six towards the end. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just a horrific game. Yeah, I believe it's that. Yeah, that's the game, buddy. Thirty-one yep. thirty. Let me go to the box score just to make sure. Yeah, I think that's the game. Uh, Santos missed the extra point, and we lost. No, that was sixteen to fourteen. 
16 14. That was November 25th, 2021. Sorry. Oh, 21. It was his rookie season. He had a 310 yard game. And then let me go back to, let me go to the 2022 season. No, that's the that's the Matt Patricia game when he was a rookie. <laughs> Shit, I miss I miss Matt. I miss Matt Patricia at the Lions, man. That, that was that was good old Lions, man. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... Hey, while you're looking for that, <laughs> I I gotta ask you guys. That I, but before I ask you, I'm also gonna offer my 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 comment on it. But like, God damn, do you feel bad for the Jets fans? Like, oh my fucking god, is is a is just an organization, and I guess like you know, fans in general. God, I feel so bad I, for them, man. I'll be yeah. honest, I do. Like the, that, that defense was just dominant against the Bills, and then they came out and still won that game because of, of uh, Garrett Wilson on offense. Man, that kid is electric. Yeah. They've got a, some weapons on offense. That running back too was awesome in that game. And then they just squeaked out a win. Could you imagine if he, if Rodgers was on that team? And I know you can't stand him as much as I can't, Dan. But that look that looked like it, I, I was watching that in the beginning, going, "Holy shit, this team's gonna they could win the Super Bowl with this guy." Uh, I got and, a hypothetical for you. Let's say the Jets say, "Well, <clears throat> Trey Lance got traded for a fourth round pick." All right, Chicago, here's your fourth round pick. Send us Justin Fields. Yes or no? I think it's too early for that. I know. I know I'm just saying, what the Jets call like today, and they say there's obviously a bunch of shit going on over there with you all. Uh, he's not performing well. I think uh, he's, uh, I think Pulse would take it to answer your question. I think Pulse would take it because I think Pulse is out. Pulse, I don't. I think Pulse is out when it comes to Fields. I think he's out. Uh, whether it's deserved or not is an entirely different story. So to answer your question, I think they would actually take that. I just don't think that Jets would offer that. Why the fuck would you? When you saying, probably they, get, oh, next year you can probably get Justin for free. Well, maybe they think they could win the Super Bowl this year if they just had an upgrade over Zach Wilson. But does he? Yeah, yeah. To me, right now it feels looks so shattered that he doesn't. Uh, oh my god, I can't believe this is gonna come out of my mouth. But he don't look. <laughs> he don't look better than Zach Wilson to me right now. Okay. That's just my opinion. I hope I don't offend you at all. It was just a, a hypothetical of like, what what would you do? Like, if they if they said to you, Sanjin, what is your you, you make the call? We're going to trade him for a fourth round pick. Yes or no? No. And I'm saying fourth round based upon Trey Lance's trade. Because that's all San Francisco got for him. It's very hard for me to answer that, Dan, because put it to you this way. If I was in that I guess if I knew more inside information and, and, and like, right, I, I, would, I, would, it, it, I would tell you this, if, if, if I, if I can see the fields is not that guy. And to Dan's point that Bajent, I will go probably try out Bajent, but <laughs> that's if, if, if I, if I had that info right now, it's hard for me to say that as a fan. I would tell you. Take the fourth one out of it. Then no, I'm not. I'm let not. me rephrase the question. Okay. Let's assume Beijing is going to start week whatever. Let's. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what week it is. Let's say it's early enough in the year where the trade deadline's here. It's week seven, eight, whatever. Yeah. If you were going to bench Fields, would you rather yeah. either have him on the bench or trade him? 
Like what, what's better for the Bears? If, if you're I going to bench him, I would try to trade him. Yes. Do you think benching him would motivate him and make no. him play better? Or no. do you think if you bench him, you just have to dump him as soon as you do? If you bench him and put in a fucking undrafted rookie free agent, no, that's not gonna that's not gonna help him. So if you're gonna bench him, you have to trade him right now. I think if you bench him, if you bench Fields, I think his career in Chicago is done. Yeah, I I don't think it's gonna be any message or anything. I think he he will just be done at that point. You're trying out Bajans to see who you have with him, and you're probably finish out the season with him to really see what you got in him and then decide like, okay, well, you know what, this kid is all right and we can build around him or clean slate, baby, fire, fire the coach, hire a new coach, draft a quarterback. If you like someone coming out of that class. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but I think benching fields, that's a career over in Chicago. So Mm -hmm. Rob, uh, I want to address Ravi here in chat. He's saying, don't worry, Ravi. I remember when we were doing the live draft on BCP here and you were in chat, just you were just sweating bullets over the Roshan Johnson uh, draft pick. And we were all kind of trying to talk you out of it. And we finally talked you out of off the off the cliff, you know, proverbial cliff for the uh, the Johnson draft pick. And then you kind of came around. And you're like, yeah, OK, I can I can get behind what you guys are saying. Are, I mean, are you able to – so you're telling us right now not to worry. So now you're trying to flip the script on us here. Ravi, are you saying, like, seriously, do not worry? Justin Fields has got this shit. He's going to bounce back. I would like to know. What's up, J2K? J2K happening. Trading Fields for fourth round. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> My, my, how quickly we all as Bears fans just turn our tune, right? No, again, I only said that based upon Trey Lance's trade. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's just a hypothetical, and it's a very valid question because Dan, we we talked about it at the beginning of the show. If you wanna, if you wanna be a franchise that's gonna try to win and have some fucking balls, then recognize that, like, man, this kid ain't working. Trade him. Yeah. It is what it is. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't know that we have anyone with with the set of balls like that. I'll ask another question. Okay. If for some reason Justin would have a big game against Kansas City, let's say take take the win out of it, because more than likely the Chiefs are going to win. More than likely. You never know. The upsets happen. But let's say Casey wins, but Justin has a tremendous game. Could he take that hypothetical great game and harness that into some momentum and move forward and start having – consistent good game uh great games is that possible or does he have a great game against kc and then followed up with the same old shit against denver i i will answer you know you know uh, dan then then can give uh, give his answer i will tell you this is that from the day fields was drafted every everything that i've read about any from his other coaches everyone was saying this kid can handle pressure this kid is built for this Here's the fucking pressure. Welcome to Chicago, motherfucker. You know what I mean? There is, like, look, I'm not going to lie. The kid is fucking talented. His ass a fucking cannon of an arm. Like, one of the most... The first time time I ever had you on the show, all you did was 
one of Blow the most fields. Yeah. So okay, yeah, go ahead. One of, the, one, one of the most athletic fucking quarterbacks the, the in the league. And and you're right. When I was defending him, I was telling you guys like, man, this kid is making some fucking throws that you only see elite quarterbacks make. But I'm not seeing that guy anymore in week one and week two on and off the field. That's why I'm like really pissed at the coaching and like wondering like what the fuck did you guys do to him? Now to answer Dan, to answer your question, yes, if Fields really is that guy, what Dan was saying about like, you know, like then he would show up. And if he's that guy, then he needs to fucking show up. Like not today, not tomorrow. He should like yesterday. Like he needs to get here today now. You know what I mean? So to answer your question, yes, it's very much possible for that to happen because feels like, man, we can't disregard his raw talent. Guys, we can't. Oh, um, I'm not trying to. But, but at the same time, that's what I said earlier. We we have to come back to planet Earth and realize that, like, look, man, you know, kind of <laughs> some things can be realistic. And some, some, sometimes you just got to be like, all right, man, you know what I mean? Like, I, like me personally, like, like the chances of him, like dropping 350 in Kansas city and scoring three touchdowns are like, I, I, I'm gonna go play lottery tomorrow. I probably got the same chance. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it, like, but you know, because he is so talented, I will always leave that window a little bit open and, and say like, okay, well, if he is that guy that everyone's saying that can handle all this pressure, this and that, yada, yada, yada. We, I'm saying we would see it by now, or we need to see it right now. Yeah, I'm just worried that I've seen this coaching staff. To me, it looks like they've just destroyed them, man. Because we last year we had a really good, you know, what was that from week four to like week I don't know whichever week before he got hurt. We had he was he looked like competent, like you could you can win with him. You know what I mean? And that's when that at that time we were talking about like, well, he has no one to fucking throw to. Sigma Webster, who? You know what I mean? Hey. Like, I, I, like you know what I mean? Like fucking Dante Pettis. Like, and that's where we're talking about. Like, okay, well, when you give him some weapons and some line and give us the fields from that that th those weeks, like we should be all right. We should cook, especially if he takes another fucking step forward. We should really be fucking cooking. But to mm -hmm. me, like, like we've taken massive massive steps back and I, I blame nobody but the fucking coaching and i'm completely like i said I, I, i've been repeating myself the whole fucking night i'm out on Ibuflus. the from this morning when i was listening to him justify the fucking play calling after you've you know what i mean i, I don't know that he heard the fucking tampa bay player say that but like god fucking damn it man like how can you not be worried as a fan or as an owner or as a advocate to you uh, although i agree with you just playing devil's advocate. Maybe Eberflus is just protecting his guy. You know, I mean, maybe he's like, dude, I'm going to tell him in the locker room privately. Yeah, we fucked that up. They saw it. They knew the formation, but I'm not going to go throw you in front of the fucking bus in, in with the Chicago media. So maybe Eberflus, who has a reputation of being a good guy, maybe he's just saying what he has to say, but is ripping... Uh, you know, he's got behind closed doors. I don't know. We'll never know. But I do tend to agree with you. You can still acknowledge the failures without, you know, being so wishy-washy and trying to say that that was a great call because everybody knows it wasn't. But I'm just saying maybe he's just trying to protect his coordinator and take a bullet for him. 
maybe, but, what, maybe, maybe, but if you listen to Cap and Hood for this morning, Cap asked him, I think twice, flat out, is like, you know, would you change anything? You know, do, do, uh, what are your thoughts on the play? Oh yeah, I had I had no problem with the play call because, you know, they it, it was it was good call for the coverage that they've put out there, and it's like. Well, you Bro, ran the same play. You oh, oh, ran the play, oh, yes. It's not like, okay, so who – and I'm telling you, go back if you get a chance to look at the, the highlights for that particular play. The fucking linebacker for the for Tampa Bay is making the cut where the running back would like kind of like, you know, seep out from even before the field makes that little dump pass, before he even gets intercepted. Like he's he's making that cut. He re- he read the fucking play, man. It's like we're dead to rights, bro. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Telling me that you know oh, I'm okay with the call. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I get what you're saying that he he might be you, you might be right that he's defending his guy, but like, well, you're a fucking idiot if you are. Like, t- to be telling because you miss my problem with that. Then then is then I have again problem with the head coach because you're sending me mixed fucking signals. Send me a signal that you know what the fuck is happening in your goddamn room. And then you're not going to have me fucking bitch about it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like be the fucking head coach. You think Mike Tomlin will fucking say shit like that? Like, yeah. God damn it, that's what I'm saying. There's not nobody in that fucking as much as I agree with you. Has some fucking balls. As much as I agree with you, I think Lovey would have said that and would have protected his you know, I, I think Lovey would have been like, oh, I agree with the play call. You know, I think because Lovey was like that with the media, too. Like and then then he would use the play to tell the players that the media was out to get them and stuff. But I think he would have tried to protect his coordinator, uh, Ron Turner, Mike Martz, whomever, Mike Tice. I, I, I think he would have tried to I think Lovey would have done the same thing is what I'm saying. What if we yeah. guys? What if we have a night? This is a nightmare scenario for me right now. Let me let me let me explain this a nightmare scenario. We bench fields. We put try with the Bajans thing. That doesn't work out. And then when shit really doesn't matter, when we're like I don't know, zero and ten or some bullshit, they put go back to Justin. And then yeah. he ends up like ripping it apart. That right. would be like, what do you do at that point? That would be the nightmare scenario. That well, that happened with with Trubisky, right? They uh, Bill Lazor in that offense. They benched him and they brought him back, and he started to look good when Bill Lazor was calling the plays. Yeah, I remember that. And we, yeah. and we almost got sucked into that again. Yeah, I remember another that. contract with him. Yeah. So, I, that. I mean, who's to say? I mean, that it, would be it, a nightmare scenario. It could work in his favor. It could light a fire under his ass. But I I would tend to think that. Someone coming from his pedigree would be offended by that because he has always been the guy everywhere he's ever been. And to say, hey, we're going to sit you in favor of this guy that can throw the ball like a lightning bolt. And if he if he, if he wins two games in a row, <laughs> for fuck's sake, that would be a, that'd be like a, the next coming of uh, Jesus for us if we won two games in a row right now. So if, if, if he did that, it, it would be like, that we'd all burn the city down for him to, for him to be the starter. The thing with Bajent with Bajent is like I'm, I'm gonna tell you the same thing for Fields is like like I'm worried like, unless Bajent is some secret diamond in the rough, Tom Brady 2.0 again. I'm just like I don't believe that. I'm just saying, which I don't I don't think he is. Like that would be the only thing that would could 
like you like you mentioned earlier, that could eclipse this coaching. Otherwise, putting Bajan in with this, what seems to be this coaching and this quarterback development, I, I, I don't know how different is it going to be. I don't know. Now, yes, I, I'll know people are going to immediately put in the chat, well, there's guys fucking wide open if he throws them. Yeah, okay, well, we'll we, we would see. Let's fucking see. That That is one thing that, like, as much as I've been bitching at everything is that uh, about the coaching is that, yes, I, I, if I was little Getsy, I bet it would be frustrating to see some of your plays. You're like, God fucking damn it, bitch. You're going to get me fired, motherfucker. So, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it is very difficult. But to me, they haven't develop, developed fields. I understand the guys are open for you. Well, you haven't developed them clearly. You've regressed him. That's the fucking problem. Like I said, if we could get back fields from those week four to whatever before he got hurt and put like this newer offensive uh, offensive line the new offensive weapons we, we that's what we fucking want motherfucker but like we we lost that we took a year back we, we took a step back yes we did sir i do think that we that we did um i, I would you know and again, I see what Swift, Swift Sports Network just wrote now, where he says the overreactions after two two losses are insane. It's not about the fucking losses. It's about the fact that we fucking it looks like we just fucking missed on our fucking. It looks like it's, it's, it's Justin's on two exactly. Like if Justin's a stud and we're on two, like I would feel better about it because like I feel we have the foundation. We're overreacting because. It seems like like all the plans for the next 10, 15 years are back to year one. Right. We got like, and what's gonna happen? You're not gonna be year one. You got you like not. I gotta waste another three, four years of my life waiting for the Bears to be fucking competitive. That's what that fucking is. It's a lack of hope. Yes. And it's all based on hope. Yeah. It's not like okay, in four years we're for sure gonna be competitive. We thought based on fucking hope. But we thought going into the season, you know that. Oh, we maybe we've got something here, even though I was really panicked after the last preseason game on this program, uh, actually. But, uh, yeah, I think your point, though, your larger point is to say we had all this immense hope for Fields, and clearly after week two, it looks like our hope was fool's gold. Like, it's just not warranted. And so that's what makes the 0-2 again far worse than the 0-2 is that it looks like we're starting over again, and I agree. We're going to be back to a new coach and a new quarterback and a new scheme and a new this, a new that. And the writing is on the wall. And And people say history doesn't matter. Only this matters. Well, I've gone through every coach since Ditka and all of them failing in the same scenario based that we're in. The quarterback plays bad and they're going to be fired. And we're going to see it. I mean, I hope that maybe somehow they turn it around. I'm going to be rooting Sunday for that to happen. I do not want to be right. Yes. I want Fields to earn like an extension and and, and be the guy. Yes. Right. I think it's going to happen now. I think he's been exposed. I think we've, we've like I said, even if he was going to, could be, you know, could be molded into the, could have been molded into that guy. The kid is seeing fucking ghosts now, either right. because of bad coaching yeah. or I don't know what. 
bad offensive line play, something. Yeah, he's not. He's not that even the same. About the first game, he got sacked nine times. Yeah, by the by the Browns, he was seeing ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's not. To me, he's not. He's not. Uh, he to me, he's not the same player from last year. I'm sorry. All right, guys. I'm gonna. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I like. I want to go back to the Swifty quote here to end this show. And we're going to end this on the positive note, okay? Swifty saying, we won three games last year. This team will finish a lot better. The overreactions after two losses are insane. And so I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say what I was telling everybody that I was that I was talking to when, I, when we walked out of the stadium yesterday after that second loss, and I was just, I told everybody I was I went in there 375 pounds and I came out looking like this. It was that fucking hot there. And I was saying, it's only two games, guys. It's only two games. <laughs> so the original uh in fact your your own uh, record prediction was the same, Dan. BCP prediction for the record was eleven and six. A panel of five made it. It's still possible, guys. It's still possible. It, listen, the, the Green Bay loss was especially disheartening for us because it was Green yeah, Bay. season, And that's the shit you come out with. Right. <laughs> it, was, it, it was the loss to a new regime quarterback in love who looked eerily similar to Rodgers. And, you know, it, it was just it was a bad taste. Right. And then we lose this game in Tampa where it was. I was there. I'm telling you guys, it was hot as hell. If if that's what hell's like, I don't want to do no wrong. I want to make sure I go to the opposite of that because that was just awful. Sitting in that and having to deal with a loss in that. But uh, by the way, I if I could cut you off, I hope Cliff was sweating too because in the off season. He told me, I don't know if it was on this show or on Aldo, somewhere along the lines, he said that the oh, the heat in Florida is overrated. Because I was pointing out in the offseason, if they don't get off to a good start and they lose to Green Bay, they could be 0-2 because of the heat, and then they go to KC, and then they could be 0-3. And he interjected that, ah, that, that's bullshit because that's uh, not that big of a deal. And I brought up, I was like, but, but even when Ditka would go down there, They'd win 13-6 or something because it was fucking 102 degrees in week two. And but but Cliff said it wasn't that big of a deal. So I hope Cliff was sweating his fucking balls off beside you. He wasn't. Oh. Okay. He was wearing a hat and barely sweating. He was out there grilling in the sun. And we're sitting under the tarp while we were tailgating. And he's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's not that bad out here. Like, fuck you, Cliff. <laughs> He was barely sweating. I was just pouring sweat. I know Jay and I were sweating our fucking balls off during the Packer game, too. I sweat the whole game that day. It was in bright sunshine. Yeah, it's awful when that's when that's the, when that's the case. Let's see where where did my uh where did my uh my image go? Oh, it's over here. Well, I interrupted your thought though. So essentially you you kept saying that it was only two games you said after the game. Is that you're still your mindset? Is that what you're saying? That yeah, eleven and six is still possible, guys. We all have to band together and realize that eleven and six is still possible. 
It's only four more games we, we, we have to lose to go to 11 and six. We can easily do. Come on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to end it on a good note here. You know, we, we need to bear the fuck down. That's what bear make, down means. They need to make some changes because if, if nothing changes, this is not going to look good. We either need fields to come out of his shell and start ripping it when guys are open or, 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 or we need to make some changes because, uh, uh, and the secondary, even if field starts balling that, I mean, if Eddie, I mean, Eddie Jackson hasn't been Eddie Jackson in five years, but let's assume Eddie's on IR cause he hurt the same foot reportedly mm-hmm. and Gordon's on IR. I mean, Brisker's always hurt. Then, I mean, you got three, you're going to have three guys back there that have no experience. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster for anyone's secondary. I got to tell you, um, Samo here, shit, that heat had me about to tap out. I can't imagine playing a game in that heat. After the Bears scored the first touchdown, you know me, Dan, I'm I'm high-fiving everybody. And yeah, yeah. Your case giving you kisses on the cheek. <laughs> and I turn around, I'm, I'm trying to high-five all the Bears fans. I look behind me, I'm, trying, I'm fucking Samo here. From chat was at the game who 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 is he started off here on bcp he's on the nomad network now and i turn around i'm like i'm looking at him what is that fucking sam and he starts looking at me he's like i'm like oh my god oh my gee what he was like two seats behind us he was two rows behind us like right behind us That's so incredible. that was that was absolutely that's even he said, "What's the chances of that?" I said, "What one in seventy <laughs> thousand?" That was cool. The Bears were going to win that day, and then yeah. it, was, it didn't come into fruition. Yeah, it, it was really cool to see you there yesterday, Sam. Cool, cool to meet you in person and shit. Give you a, a fist pump after a touchdown because the rest of it wasn't very good, but it was it was fun, man. It was fun, but guys. To end the show, if we come out and beat KC next week, in KC, fingers crossed, the, the whole narrative will change, right? We're going to be click, 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 clicking back up the roller coaster, getting ready for the top. Hopefully, we're going to stay there for a little bit before we start click, 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 going back down again. But... This season is still salvageable. You know, we saw the Lions last year go 0-6 and then almost make the playoffs. So as long as you buy into the process as the team and you 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 don't harp on every loss like we are as fans, you, you just move on from it. You get you get to work the next day, you get to practice, you work on what you do the game film stuff, you you figure out what worked best, you you build on that and the winds can start to come and we could easily be sitting here two and two and the the conversation will be entirely different. So as fans, yes, we want to just burn the city down right now because we, the anticipation of this season, but all is not lost. It's only two games into a 17 game season. There's 15 games left guys. And that's why I say, it is to fucking bear the fuck down. Bear down. Bear down. We can sit here and bitch and vet and, and whine and moan and complain all we want. 
But in the end, we are we are forced to do nothing but what, guys? Bear down. We can't go in there and control the play calling. We can't go in there and just ask Justin Fields to get rid of the ball quicker. We can't go in there and say, oh, you're running too many screen passes. It, it, we have to just trust in the process and bear the fuck down. Thank you, Robbie. Bear the fuck down. All right. I think that's a good. Well, let me point out that this is where we will bear. All of us are rooting for the Bears to win. I don't think any of us, anybody that cares, wants us to lose. I mean, so, but we have to acknowledge, too, we're cheering for an organization that's won one playoff game. Uh, You know, the last playoff game, rather, was 2010 that, that, that they won. All right, you're, I, you're getting pulled, Dan. You're out of here. <laughs> We're cheering for a team that doesn't deserve uh, the benefit of the doubt. When yeah. uh, even Lovey, we all love Lovey. You know, Lovey took it, but Lovey only made the playoffs in 05, 06, and 10. And he was there from 04 through 12. Mm-hmm. So since Ditka, it has been a shit show. Dick Duran made it once. Lovey made it three times, and then Nagy made it once or twice actually. Twice. I always forget that twenty twenty <laughs> horrific playoff game in, in New Orleans. They backed in there, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if Wims catches that pass early on from Trubisky, who knows what? Yep, who knows? It was, it was right in this, the bread basket. <laughs> this organization has been losing overwhelmingly in our adult lives. So it feels like it's a continuation of all of that. That doesn't mean we don't care. That doesn't mean we're not cheering on Sunday. It just means it looks like the same old shit. Uh-huh. And I don't think any of us are less diehards for acknowledging that it looks like the same failures that we've had repeatedly. Right. It feels like Groundhog Day in a way. Yeah, for sure. Parting words, uh, champ? No, uh, as Dan said, and, and and you as well. Of course, you know. I mean, you're not a fucking Bears fan if you're hoping that this team loses uh, against Kansas City. So goddamn right that I'm going to be fucking uh, wanting him to win. I'm gonna want Justin to come out of his shell if he is that guy. Uh, you know, the 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 thing that the one thing that I would want this fan base in general to do is to be a bit more united when it comes to the pride of the team. Like player, not the, not the players. I mean the franchise. Like not McCaskies either. I mean the franchise. Mm-hmm. Players come and go. And, and, and it hurts me to hear stories that Dan Aguirre shared that, you know, fucking Packers took over our house. You know yeah. like like I, 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 I come from Europe. You know what I mean? So I grew up in fucking soccer hooligan background where – your team's losing 5-0, but you're not leaving that fucking stadium precisely because there's like this honor in question that you're not going to allow the opposing fans to pretty much just stamp all over the fucking franchise. Even, you know what I mean? Like you're going to lose on the field, but you're not going to fucking lose your home in an essence. And, right. and it hurts me to see that we have so many fans. Heartbroken. Yeah, but you know what I mean? But, like, we need to unite, man. We can't be allowing that shit. I'm not calling for anyone out there to, like, fucking fight anyone. You know what I mean? But, but like, we need to have some uh, – we need to be a little bit more – I don't want to say organized, but we need to be a bit more cognitive 
of when we're representing the franchise. This is the Chicago Bears. Forget the Mc, forget the McCaskies. Forget the players. Players will always come and go. But this team, stay. This is our pride, and we can't allow other teams to just be taken over a house like that. We have to have pride. We have to be. We have to trust in this team, and and, and we have to believe that we can win. That that's how you have to. We have to have a winning culture from within us, the fans ourselves. Right. I agree exactly. with you, and I will never tip that guy that does the drums. Outside oh, the ever again because yeah. he was with the go pack go people he was uh, he was playing to them as i was walking out i was like you motherfucker i'll never give you a dollar ever again what a cheap whore he we lose and he he fucking sucks up to the packer fans he was making all the money from them that day for playing the Go Pack Go for song for them. He was just the going with money. Soldier Field is a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Selling his fucking uh, fandom for the Packers there. That was disgusting. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's awful. That's awful, man. Well, let's get the chat here, guys. Thank you all, all for joining us tonight, man. AC Adams, Zach Sullivan, Sam Rush. Great to see you, Sam. It was it was crazy to see you at the game yesterday. Chicago Parker, first time seeing you here. Thanks for joining us. I hope you had fun with us. We've got another show coming up. Uh, well, I have one on Wednesday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time with Lynn Hayden, and then our show with PJ and Foster on Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Raging Oracle, great to see you in here. B minor, PJ, my co-host, we'll see you on Thursday. J2K, great to see you again. Ravi, awesome to see you in here. Man, so many uh, new faces in here, too. I got to go all the way up. There was a Greg, uh, Mayhem, Mo Beerman, everybody. If I'm missing your name, I apologize. It's because I have to scroll up so far. Can we I just Dan, can you can you just allow me to make one more quick comment? I see Chicago sure. Parker. Chicago sure. Parker has a comment. It says, "What pride! I was born in '86. This day ain't one shit." This is exactly what I'm talking about. You ain't the, you ain't about the team. If the team loses, that doesn't mean that the other fans have to beat us. Us fans from Chicago, also. That's what I'm talking right. about, man. Right. Have some fucking pride as a fucking fan, man. Right. That's what I'm talking about, man. Let's have some fucking Fridays up. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying go out there and fucking fight Packers fans, man. I'm not saying any of that. But have some fucking Friday pride that, like, at the end of the day, yeah, fine. They all fucking suck. Fuck the team. They all fucking suck. But I'm not going to fucking allow another fucking fan base to come into my fucking house and disrespect my fucking fan base. That's not going to fucking happen. That's the fucking attitude that we need to fucking have, man. Yes. Be a fucking winner. Fucking start with the starts with the goddamn fans. Uh huh. Bear the fuck down. We'll do that at the end he's, of the show. Sonny's fucking brought it tonight, man. Fired <laughs> up tonight, my man. Yeah. Swift, thanks for joining us, bro. Appreciate it tonight. Leo Factor, forgot about you. Sorry, buddy. Uh, who else is in here? DG Daniels, good to see you again. Lynn Hayden. Lynn, we'll see you on Wednesday. Everybody else in chat, if I missed you, I strongly apologize. It wasn't on purpose. I do appreciate all of you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Make sure that you like, subscribe, set your notifications, tell your friends, because there's a lot of fun shit coming up here on BCP. And uh, tonight, rather than ending the show on a typical bears, because I like to go one, two, three bears, 
let's end the show on a fucking one, two, three, bear the fuck down. Ready? One, two, three, bear the fuck down. down, baby. <laughs> I fucked it up. <laughs> We're good, bro. Bear the fuck down. Bear down. Let's go.